0: Today's episode is brought to you by Gray Block Pizza, 1811 Pico Boulevard on the way to the beach. If you think you could do something with your life, that something could be Gray Block. Today's guest managed to uh, plant the seeds of of an entrepreneurial business mastermind uh, all the while becoming a champion in the world of cage fighting. Uh, he, he's no longer fighting, but he's got so many things going on in the business world that his career just continues to climb. Uh, today's guest is Mr. Uriah Faber. But no, I've never seen anybody. I mean, that's really just making the most out of things,
1: bro. Um, it, when I was in the lobby and whatnot, I uh-huh. was get, I tried a napkin. I was trying to uh, a couple different. So you
0: really get in there. Well, I just because you took a you just took an Aquafina wrap the the wrapper off of a bottle and it. then used it because it's thin enough to floss your teeth with.
1: Absolutely, I love that. Yeah, it's effective. It's a genetic thing, I think. My dad. I remember driving around my dad's old beat up truck, mm-hmm. and he always had toothpicks or he had a little crappy toothbrush he'd keep in a center console and he was constantly digging in his teeth so we must have
0: genetic like thing kind of
1: genetic teeth gaps that store food it might have been a survival tactic back in the day yeah but yeah I'll useless now
0: right yeah pretty just, much just
1: to spend money on to on on, on dental floss and do you keep floss around do you are do. you that you do i do usually or i'll grab if i'm in a, in a restaurant i'll get like a couple you know toothpicks and yeah. keeping for the day yeah. my, my girl's always making <laughs> fun of me she's like i've never seen somebody floss their teeth as much as oh, I'm that's like, really i cool. have to i've got she makes fun of me for a couple of things one is being a mouth breather mm-hmm. and i'm like i was in 44 professional fights i've been punched in the nose look i can breathe at all huh? yeah Look, i can breathe, <laughs> and look yeah i'm not more damaged than i already am yeah, you're like you know i'm not man? a machine breather <laughs> yeah exactly and uh and then the dental floss thing but I just can't handle having a bunch of crap stuck in my teeth. Yeah.
0: Now, is it because you worry that other people see it, or it's just a thing no, that like, affects you? No, it just gets... You?
1: Yeah, just gets on my nerves. I don't I don't really care if...
0: Right. Do you feel it's like it's an unorganized thing? Like, I'm just trying to wonder if it goes back to a place in you that, like, resonates in other areas of your life, you know?
1: You're a psych major?
0: I don't know. I just like to think You're about... You you are? I think, like, you know... <laughs> I just think it's kind of fascinating, you know, because you, like... You know, a lot of guys have, uh, you know, gone through fighting and been and had an experience in that world, but you like kind of seem to also attack like kind of the business world and like continue to, you know, just keep whatever your motivation was or maybe to fight. I don't know, but you keep that motivation just cruising right into whatever the next thing is. Absolutely. So I guess I'm just wondering like if organization is one of your skills, if there's like...
1: Organization is not one of my skills. Mm -hmm. I do. I think if I take it back, I do remember my mom always saying, you know, she's saying... You're really lucky. You got. You're blessed with good teeth. You better take care of them. You better uh, take, like all that kind of stuff. Since I was little, so maybe at some point that stuck in. It just stuck uh, in. And your dad took care of them. She also used to tell me if I wear too tight of underwear that my wiener wouldn't grow. Really? Which I don't know if that's true or not, but I think she was. You know, I was a guy that likes to keep old shit. Yeah. You know, my old shoes. My they try to get me to get rid of my shoes and my favorite shoes. Throw them away and. Is it a good I go luck back spot? and get them. Get them. Wow. Yeah. It's just a comfort thing. This yeah. shirt's like nine years old or something like that. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> so if That's something legit. works, you stick with it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did Now, when you were fighting and stuff, did that change in in your fighting style? Or do you feel like the fighting style that you had when you started was kind of the same? Because I know you've just kind of, you know, I don't ever want to say any, somebody's finished from something, but finished yeah. like a year ago. I retired. Yeah. yeah retired. Retired
1: yeah. a year and a half ago. Um, was your style yeah. always the same? My intensity was always the same, but style changes, and, and especially in a sport like ours. And like you said, I don't know how much you do or don't know about about the sport. I know you love it. Not you, super much. I'm excited it.
0: though, and I'm, I'm I admire the fact, like you know, I've always been kind of like a, I guess afraid to defend myself, or I grew yeah. up that way without like a lot of like you know somebody teaching me how to defend myself or really? letting me know when it was okay to defend myself or anything like that. You know,
1: what do you think that comes from?
0: So I think it probably just comes from. You know, we grew up in like kind of a scary area and we okay. just not having like a father, you know, like a that kind of a, a overly yeah. strong figure. My brother moved away. So kind of maybe some of that. Yeah. And being a, just probably afraid, you know, yeah. like, um, but anyway, so I admire that you guys can do that. Like to me, it's, it's like, it's fascinating.
1: Yeah. When they say, they say that two of the most feared things in human beings, period. Yeah. Is a physical confrontation and public speaking. Yeah. Which you got the public speaking down right? That's good. So I'm gonna stay, stay on there, this. Yeah, yeah I'm stay on that, on that side <laughs> of it. But uh, yeah, it's a scary and it's weird to think about that. For me, for you know, 13 years of my life and before that as a wrestler, my day was filled with fighting guys that are also some of the best guys on the planet. Yeah. So you get rid of that real quick, but it's also something that can be scary. And That's why it's probably so intriguing to people. You know? Yeah. Same with the reason you can get up and be funny and and uh, not afraid to introduce yourself like. For some people, that's a scary, scary thing. You know? Yeah. But it's very individual. So when, when you talk about, like, has things changed? As a fighter, especially when I first started, I was coming from a wrestling background. I, I wrestled in college at UC Davis, and I had to, uh, you know, make ends meet. Mm-hmm. I was busting tables and coaching kids wrestling and making a couple hundred bucks to win and um, just having fun with it, really, and, and then following my passion. So I definitely changes a fighter skill-wise i got better with things but the same mentality is 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 important you got to just believe in yourself and people get knocked down on that kind of stuff like you may think you're the you're the funniest dude in the world and you get up there and and you can't get anybody to laugh and they are like oh crap maybe i'm not the funniest guy maybe that shakes your confidence or else you're just like i am the funniest guy but you know blame it on something these guys aren't they don't understand that me. wasn't it or i need to hit did. another i need to practice my jokes better or whatever right. you got to keep that mentality that you've got something and then and then change it around so fighting style changed a lot throughout time but same mentality same, same w- mentality was it,
0: is it is is fighting the kind of sport where you're you're most everyone is is humbled pretty often usually
1: um are there humbling so. moments there's a ton of humbling moments every day there's humbling moments but you have to be a little bit delusional also i think uh you know you talked about conor mcgregor yeah you got to be a little bit delusional i i don't think you know people are like oh because i know him I, I was on a tv show with the guy Yeah, i remember seeing that each yeah, other yeah. and all that stuff and they're like is he faking it for the this and that i'm like no he he's a he's a funny guy yeah he's a confident guy He's mouthy. He's got a little bit of a temper, and he really, really believes all the stuff he's saying. Right.
0: You know, and I and I've got like a, he's almost delusional to a point. Yeah, like to a next level. De, a little de, bit.
1: Delusional of success. Delusional to a point of success, which is, you know, you got to be that. When I mean, you
0: look back and see him, so like even in these clips, and he's you know uh, in the clips when you guys were on the UFC show, um, and he's <laughs> look all that outfit. Yeah, I mean, he shows he up looks at,
1: like Pee Wee fucking Herman right now. Oh, here. it's
0: crazy. He looks like a <laughs> pimp uh, in like in uh, on Martha's Vineyard. You know, but do you think that he, like, even at this time, he had this kind of bigger vision, or he was just like maniacal, or do you think it was just—it's just
1: just like me or anyone else that's become a world champion on that level, right? And and had this type of success, you envision it, you believe it, you're thinking it's gonna happen, and you know, it's just matter of fact, like it's going to happen. And he had that from a young age. There's a video of him. Maybe Mm -hmm. you guys can find it when he's a kid saying i'm gonna be a champion of the world i'm gonna have more money than i know what to do with and he just you know got pimples and and shaved head and uh it's cool to see you know that kind of stuff come true because i had the same visions yeah like like, you know yeah and you fought i mean did you fought i mean you were just always fighting yeah 44.5 was a world champion at uh uh you know at the highest level when when I was twenty something years old and I maintained it for a while I was a top contender my entire career. Had a lot of title shots. Uh even when the UFC came the UFC and the W C merged. Mm-hmm. So I was the W C and the UFC. The UFC owned the W C and mm-hmm. all the lightweights, lightweight fighters run the W C. So when they merged, I went in the UFC I was thirty two at the time. Wow. And I kept going after that title and having title shots. So, you know, thirteen years I was in the top three in the world and and uh had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, that's you... that clip.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: Connor. Yeah.
2: My dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC. Have more money than I know what to do with and have a great life for my my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my in my family. Everyone uh, that's that's come up with me. That's my dream. My dream is to be number 1 pretty much. My goal is num- number one MMA.
1: He just basically spells out what's happening right now. Wow
0: which it, is cool did you like whenever so if you start to look at like success like that like really envisioning it and i think everybody probably hope has like an idea of success yeah do you think that in your own life that you saw like a vision of success do you think <clears throat> that success is just something you've constantly, constantly seen like come to you through effort like what do you kind of feel like success is in your life because you've had success not only in fighting but now in business as right. well
1: that's a great question, and I talk about this. If I ever give a talk, a motivational speech, or talk to a big company, I, you know, I just basically have a conversation with them. And for me, and for a lot of the successful people, the same common things come up, mm-hmm. and it, it's a thinking big process. You can work hard, you can be smart, you can, you know, get up after you get knocked down, and all this stuff. That's all important, but how big is your vision? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember. I was working at a wrestling camp in, in Tahoe. Um, I worked there when I was a freshman in college all the way through into my career as a, as a champion in mixed martial arts and everything else. Wow. And I was a freshman or a, I think a freshman – or no, I was a, my first year out of college.
0: So this is right after wrestling at Davis.
1: Right after wrestling at Davis. Okay. And I was up there coaching, and I had traded a, uh, a pair of sh- sh- shorts for this CD that this this kid burned me. And I had mm-hmm. a cassette tape. Yeah. <laughs> put the cassette tape that hooked up to a ghetto like, oh, yeah. CD player, and I put that CD player in there. And it was this song. I, it was going going to be bigger than Jesus and bigger than wrestling and bigger than the Beatles and bigger than breast implants. I'm going to be the biggest thing to hit these little kids, bigger than guns and bigger than cigarettes. And I just bought a $350 car Uh because I had a other $400 car that broke down and I left. What kind of car was it? It was, I think it was a Datsun B310. Yeah, It had like triangle windows and it beeped when it backed up, or <laughs> uh, that was one of them. I can't remember. And uh, I, the car was shaking. And I had this little cassette thing with the thing, and I had the CD, and I was just envisioning being on TV. And, and I had had like two fights in any casinos. I got paid like five hundred bucks to show up.
0: But and, you could feel that fight You started to feel the fire. Yeah, a I started feel the started fire, to and I was just like,
1: envisioning wow. like. But this is in this is in two thousand and four when there was no. It wasn't that big that time. Oh, there time.
0: wasn't even as big of a league. Yeah,
1: there's three fights a year with the UFC. The lightest weight class was 170 pounds. The biggest name guys were getting paid like 150 grand if they won the whole thing. And
0: and what weight were you at at that time? 133 pounds. So you would have to even you'd have to get up to that weight to even yeah.
1: compete. So uh, my first fight Jeez. was uh, I I was eating everything I could to weigh 149 pounds, and that's after I wrestled in college at 133. And mm-hmm. so I was that's as big that's for huge. me 149. Yeah. And uh and then I fought at 155 for my first fight and I fought this big Mexican kid. Did you yeah. feel
0: fat when you walked in the ring honestly? Like I obviously you were in shape, but to put on that much weight, it, that's a lot. That's like a 20% of your body No,
1: cuz I was already cutting weight for okay. 33. So we're 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 put we're cutting down all this weight and then putting it back on.
0: 149 um, you said?
1: Yeah, 149. I was I was eating to do that, but I was I was, you know, ripped. I was a specimen at that time especially yeah. and and uh and went in, and I just remember I got scared. I didn't get scared, but I got nervous for the first time when I uh, saw the casino. We drove up on the Indian casino because yeah. it was illegal in California at the time. And I and I remember oh, the hair yeah, standing so up on my neck. You're doing rogue stuff. You're, you're like, driving
0: out of the country to out of out of the state to do Indian casino. Yeah, we're fighting. doing we're doing
1: it. That is, it was the only place where it was legal because it's sovereign land. It was yeah. actually in California. It wasn't that far from me, but we had to go where where they could do whatever the hell they want on the uh-huh. indian reservation and i'm getting paid 200 bucks to show up 200 bucks to win i sold like you know 20 tickets i so gave me an extra 50 bucks and i fight this big mexican guy he's got pride tattooed on his stomach and i remember i pulled Gay up pride to the no just
0: regular pride
1: uh yeah, I think it was regular pride. Yeah, I mean you don't. But know. Hey, don't I knock don't him be if you had gay pride too. No, dude.
0: I, you know they used to have this group that came by <laughs> us. It was gay fist fighting that would come to the bars in Louisiana. Oh, that must. And have it been, was a couple gay that guys that would hot. get in there. Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> bro, one of them was fucking dude. No, nobody fighting. You ever seen the ladyboys boys that, in Thailand? Uh, uh-uh. uh.
1: Dude, there's a whole like, like, trend of every once in a while, like every like year or two, like a lady boy just comes up and whoops people's ass. Really? And there's actually a movie about. Ladyboy, ladyboy, lady oh wow! Chick who like made it to the Lumpuniao Stadium, which is like the big show, and like was fucking dudes up. But she's all you know. It's like a, it's like a, like a super accepted thing over there in yeah. Thailand. It's like, oh, are you, you know, like they're trying to do it here in America, you know, make oh, yeah. everybody like gender neutral and everything else, like your hair.
0: Yeah, like this hair. But I, but <laughs> it, it, I, for some sports, I think like sometimes it's like um with some of that, it's like everybody, it's like yeah, support everything. Like Bill Burr the other night was saying. You know, they keep making everything also for women, which is fine. Yeah. But some of it is just like, to. it's not like, he goes, but nobody goes to the WNBA games. He's like, yeah. you've had that, and nobody goes.
1: Title IX, Title IX is is something that all college athletes know about. Yeah, yeah. That's when they decided to make it mandatory that there had to be an equal amount of resources going to women and men. Yeah, and, and scholarships screwed, too, I think, actually. Yeah, yeah. and it screwed everybody it screwed a lot of men's sports. It screwed wrestling programs. It screwed like uh, other things. And so there's a little animosity there, but it, d- it does make sense that, you know, women should get a chance also. Yeah. But um, sometimes it was like, you know, the it cause of forced programs, you know, going down and then they'd like throw in women's rugby and there'd be a couple chicks that are involved and like, you know, it yeah. Was- and then
0: they got big girls are making them get out there <laughs> just because they're, you know, overweight or something or bloated. <laughs> You know, I remember one girl that got stung by a bunch of bees and they made her get out there and she's like, I'm not even jacked. Like, you know, I just need a couple EpiPens and I'll fucking recover, you know? I'm not playing. I never. Uh, I never
1: we never experienced that. <laughs> I'm, not playing,
0: I'm not playing halfback for you guys, you know?
1: That's funny. What if that was part of the regiment? You had to get stung by bees to be a rugby player. That, I'd have a little more, uh, I'd go watch that. Yeah? I'd watch but that.
0: But the area you grew up in, Davis, there's a lot of rugby and stuff up in that area, like yeah. Berkeley, Davis. That's huge rugby country. Yeah,
1: that's a big ru- rugby country and... It's funny because I don't know how it is in other countries, but for here in the U.S., it's kind of a rich kid's sport. Yeah. To be rugby. honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's offered it like this school because I didn't have a swimming team. We didn't have a pool in my little town. We didn't right. have a rugby team. We didn't have a water polo. We didn't have polo. We didn't have anything, you know. Uh, it was oh, like the I basics and fundamentals. So um, rugby, you get a lot of tough guys in there, but they're usually, you know. George Washington, with some cash, yeah, yeah,
0: George Wal, like schools like yeah, that, exactly. like GW. Dude, I remember they had to do. You just reminded me of this. They would check for sinkholes because Louisiana really isn't supposed to exist. You know, that's where I'm from. Really, because I mean, it's like New Orleans is eight feet below sea oh, yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, you know. So really, it's like people, you know. Trying to like build a, a universe in, a, in the bottom of a teacup, you know, and then be, get pissed when tea shows up, you know, when there's a little bit of chamomile on your shoulders and suddenly you're furious. It's like, what uh, fucking you built down here? But boring. they had a dude, they had this company would test for sinkholes and they used to pay kids, they'd hook you to a chain, put a chain on, you put the thing around your waist and have you walk off in the fields, wow. bro. Wow. And it just paid, it was like that just pay you like five bucks an up. hour. And if you fell right through the fucking earth. <laughs> they yank
1: you back yeah, up? Yeah, they yank you back up. Wow. But then they're
0: like, oh, this is dangerous land out here, you know? Dude, that's funny.
1: That's some weird shit that people used to do, huh? It was
0: fun. Yeah, I think some of that was just back in in like... You know, times were a little bit different. I mean, I'm thirty eight yeah. now, so times were a little bit more fun. Right. Um Yeah,
1: that that does sound like fun. Not not for the kid getting sun cold, <laughs> well, but look. for everybody watching, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: And the people betting on it. <laughs>
1: you know, I I went to a, uh I did a USO tour uh-huh. with uh Carlos Condit, Michael Bisbing, and uh BJ Penn in like two thousand and eight. Oh wow. It was badass. We went to Afghanistan 2008 helicopters, and we went to all these different places and whatnot. Yeah, it was it was two thousand and eight. So There was, we were at like a fence and there was like the civilian people Mm -hmm. that was living in the desert Mm -hmm. and there's about six kids that ran up and it was like, like a flock of kids. They come up and they're like, Hey, 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 trying to get our attention and this and that. What's your name? What's your name? They're talking to Michael Bisping Mm -hmm. and Michael Bisping said, my name is Michael. He goes, kid goes, my name is Michael too. Michael Jackson. Let me get some candy like that. (laughs) (laughs) And Mike was like looking to go throw him some shit and everything and the, Uh the, uh, the people were the the military guys like i oh, don't feed the kids and this and that and then the guys started telling us back when it was unregulated that they used to do all sorts of crazy shit like they would tie like toys and candy bars and stuff like that to to ropes and kids would go grab them, and they'd yank them and stuff the like military that. guys would yeah then they all got in trouble because they're that's meathead shit to do yeah. obviously but uh it was weird to see that fucking, that <laughs> dynamic where these kids like they came up and see visitors, they'd right. come up and talk, and then a and then a a, a a military dude would show up, and they'd like run like it was like a flock of like animals. Yeah. Oh
0: wow, I was like yeah, like a uh, yeah, almost like when the zookeeper is there. Yeah, they, the they zoo skip off, Yeah, and when it's just like people watching the yeah, animals like they come here, back and then in.
1: they see some sort something dangerous and flock off, and then run back and try to get some candy. Let me get a Pepsi. <laughs> a Let me Pepsi get a Pepsi. Or- I'm Michael Jackson. I'm Michael Jackson. <laughs> I wonder why they
0: love Michael Jackson, huh?
1: I think they just know Michael Jackson. Yeah, I mean he's got to be one of the most famous. What do you think the most famous people on the planet are? Like Jesus Christ, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson,
0: maybe um, Elvis Presley, Mary. Maybe that photo of Mary with like the bay or like oh yeah, you know where you kind of see the little cross over her head. Maybe I'm just trying to think of yeah, like images everybody would see. Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali, yeah, Michael Jackson about Tyson
1: Tyson up there Tyson could be up there I don't know though I mean it's a good question today, yeah for this day and age if you were to go over to somebody Ariana the Grande
0: rock. now the rock. the rock yeah the, the rock. rock he's
1: in movies all over the world
0: Ariana Grande who else maybe
1: I don't. I can't tell you what Ariana Grande even looks like I wouldn't...
0: Well, it's probably good. I think she's only seventeen. Okay, um, that's probably why. But yeah, hopefully, so. I, I can't either. <laughs> yeah, um, he can't either. Do you? Uh, <laughs> so now that you've had a year and a half away from fighting, right. like, what are things that you don't miss about it?
1: You know, <clears throat> that's a great. That's a great point. There's a lot of things that you don't miss about it. Really? I remember having the same thing with wrestling. It's fucking hard, dude. Yeah. I mean, the wrestling world is a grind then you get in the mixed martial arts girl, world and and you're basically fighting people every day so um, your Jesus. body gets jacked up you're cutting weight constantly you're co- constantly having to you know nourish injuries and things like that. I don't miss having to do the grind like forcing yourself to do stuff when you don't want to do it which some people don't do anyways F- some fighters don't do that right and those aren't the guys that are the, t- the top guys but most guys that are at the highest level mm-hmm. have to do a lot of shit that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm to accomplish some of the things that you do want out of life okay so stop so me th-
0: so i want to stop you right there and just say so when those moments arise where it's like you don't want to do something what are some what were things that you used or things you did to do like that contrary
1: action to motivate myself yeah. even though i didn't know, I, know I didn't want to do it i mean uh just first off the the, the bigger picture you know looking at looking at what i wanted i wanted uh, uh to be a world champion or i wanted to have this house or you know material things or having the the family that you want right um i just think about the things that motivate me and all the benefits that come to mm-hmm. being the being the best at something yeah um
0: yeah no that's a great point like if you're laying there and you think fuck man my alarm just went off i don't yeah. want to go to the gym yeah. well of course you don't want to go to the gym right, right. but do you want to go to the Future that has you feeling of achieve, yeah. So I want
1: to be be able to go sit in uh, by the ocean in, in a cool place in Mexico and yeah. and drink some beers with my chick or my yeah. buddies, uh, right? Not have that's to be working a regular fucking job, Yes. Right?
0: Because that might get you over that hump of yeah. yeah I might not want to go to the gym. It's easy to say I don't want to go to that, yeah. But is it easy to say that I don't want to go to that bigger picture?
1: Yep. And I and and that's for me is is the, the part I enjoyed is. You know, I like the challenge. Challenge is great. I still for my for my workouts, Mm -hmm. I'm still getting in and competing with the guys that are top dogs right now. Yeah, do you still train like your? I do, but just for jujitsu mostly. I'm trying not to get hit in the head as much. Yeah, because that's something that you have to do is you have to get your sparring in and stuff like that. So I do a lot less sparring. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, I'll spar. That means actually punching or kicking or elbowing or kneeing that kind of stuff, and I'll do a lot of grappling. Did like, you go to 10th Planet where Eddie Bravo is? I've never been there. We just competed against him, though. You did? In Quintet. Really? Yeah. Your
0: gym competed against his?
1: Yeah, my team uh, competed against his team. To be fair, mm-hmm. uh, his team was like a purebred team of his guys, mm-hmm. and we had some some outside guys, and one guy in particular, Gordon Ryan, who's like the best in the world mm-hmm. that we recruited on our team because we didn't have a heavyweight guy, and uh, we won the whole thing, Wow! but they won the one prior to that.
0: And so it's kind of a cool little rivalry. I mean, not yeah. a fun rivalry. Oh yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was a paid gig. It was it was televised. It was it's a big organization in in Japan. And now you know it was on the fight pass. It was badass, actually.
0: Now is that that? Um, I know they just had a trade between uh, who's the the fighter the Demetrius it, Johnson. Yeah.
1: And Ben Askren. Yeah.
0: What do you think about that? Everybody's talking about that.
1: It's kind of cool. I mean, <clears throat> trades. The word trade has never been. Even muttered in our in our sport before, right? So the fact that they're doing that is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. One FC is the biggest organization outside of the UFC, not here in America, mm-hmm. but because they have so many Asian influences, they're in like hundreds of millions of Asian homes, right? And the UFC hasn't necessarily been able to to hit that market, tap that in they, That hasn't been their market. focus. You wow. know, they've they've tapped the international market, but they didn't focus just on that. Okay, it's like. You know, they're specialists, 1FC, over there. They, they cater to uh, a different, you know, a different culture. And so uh, actually Matt Hume, who is the trainer of Demetrius Johnson, he also runs 1FC. Mm-hmm. So for that to have happened, it, it took some involvement with him. Um, I think Demetrius had, had, you know, been a little, you know, disenchanted with the UFC mm-hmm. throughout the years. He never was a massive draw, even though he's one of the biggest six. Success- successes in the sport as Mm -hmm. far as winning so the opportunity for him to go have a career in the asian market he's like a video game guy he's like an anime guy it's a perfect fit uh he's like a real quirky you know fun guy um it it's it's probably a better fit for him and i think you know giving enough pushback on the ufc Mm -hmm. You know they've got their ducks in a row. Yeah, they, they're gonna have to pay him a lot, even though he's not the champion, dude. Because he's built himself up to that level. Mm-hmm. So they may not see the give and the get, but it's interesting. Yeah, you know, maybe it, that's gonna like create a bigger something.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Do you think it would be is is are those two leagues? And, and you know I don't know that much about <clears> it. So are those two leagues? Um, would it be a thing where every year that they have a fighter that goes against each other for like a?
1: It, it has like
0: a, an overall like a new belt or something has that ever been i mean a thing? it's
1: a possibility mm-hmm. i would say probably not unless one buys the other mm-hmm. which i don't see happening i see, I see but um but they have in the past i know that dana white went over back in the day when pride was big pride was like the big show in japan mm-hmm. it was bigger than the ufc back in the day mm-hmm. and i know Dana had taken over Chuck Liddell as a UFC representative to go fight Alistar Overeem mm-hmm. over in Japan. So okay. there's been stuff like that. You know, when you're dealing with individuals that are that have the say,
3: mm-hmm. you
1: can do whatever the hell you want. Right. I was like when negotiating with these guys, it's always like, Well, we can't do that, it's against policy. I'm like, Dana, like this is your company. You can do it, you can do whatever the hell you fucking want. Wow. You know? Yeah. And it was Lorenzo and Frank Fertita. Well, that's not company policy, and and but yet the, the, they bend the rules all the time. So they bend them. Could it happen? Absolutely. Is this super rare? Yes. And also, Ben Askren is a guy that talked a bunch of shit on Dana White back in the day, and mm-hmm. kind of got himself banned. They said because he was too boring, mm-hmm. which they say you know because he was a wrestling like a wrestling based guy. But it was really he talked a ton of shit on Dana White, and Dana White owned the UFC, right? It was like you go to your bot, your future boss, and be like, You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. You fucking, fuck you and your whole family. Yeah, it doesn't help. And they'd help be like, stuff. Hey, can I get a job? Though? Like, I know, like, <laughs> Nick
0: Diaz, I know, has always been, like, outspoken, kind of against things. And I think, you know, sometimes it's put him in, like, a tough spot, you know?
1: It's put him in a tough spot. But, you know, it's like,
0: you know, I mean, he speaks from the heart, you know. I mean, not trying to switch to Nick or get you to talk about that or anything, but I just remember being in a conversation with him one time and yeah. he was like very outspoken about that sort of thing. Dude, that know?
1: guy wears it on his sleeve. Oh, man. There's no faking it with him. uh uh-uh. And that's also the unpredictability. It's like playing uh, Texas Hold'em. Yeah. And you got your cards in the, on the middle. Like my brother, you know, had a uh, little mental illness at one point. Mm-hmm. He was just being unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but he's smart as hell and didn't really care. And you don't know these blood. He knows how to play the game, mm. but he do unorthodox shit where he'd like, sometimes he'd go all in and sometimes he'd just fold or whatever. You don't know what the fuck he's doing. Like it
0: made him a great poker player. It made player him a great
1: of- poker player. You can't, you don't know what he's doing. And that's the Diaz brothers. Yeah. Like they really are like, well, fuck you. Yeah. I'm not fighting. Like, then everybody wants to see the fight. They will slap someone in public, and then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like. Oh, then, then everybody go. wants to see the fight. And they're like, "Well, fuck you. We're not. We said we're not fighting for the money." And then, yeah. then once, they'll go nine rounds at the, a produce section. Yeah, you're the, like, "What is yeah. this?" The, one of the best fights is when Diaz fought, uh, I forget the guy's name. Oh my gosh, I can't let him forget the name. They fought, mm-hmm. and Diaz lost the decision, even though oh, it was Frank, uh, it, was, it was Riggs, Joe Riggs, mm-hmm. Joe Riggs, and Nick Diaz. They fought each other in the ring and. Like two thousand six or something, then they both go to the hospital after a close fight that I think Riggs got, but Diaz thought he won. Then they fight in the hospital in wow. the emergency room. One of the best before and after fight stories. And do they time. have the video
0: of them in the emergency room too fighting?
1: Uh, I don't know, but there's probably a story if you if you look it up. But that's great. Uh, so do, I, I think you can see them like talking shit, being held back. And like, oh yeah. yeah,
0: you know what's funny is about. Uh, you know or what's it what's unique as you're talking about this when i think about nate diaz i think about him more talking shit than i do fighting when i think about him in my head it's yeah. like if somebody's like oh nate diaz the picture that pops me in his head is like almost yeah him fucking fl- you know <laughs> yeah like him being him yeah, yeah. more than it is like a, a, a like a memory of a certain fight of his or something it's yeah almost, it's kind of interesting because other fighters cool. it, the same thing doesn't happen as much
1: hey you know When you think of cowboy, you think of a cowboy hat. When you think of the California kid, you think of blonde hair, smiling. Yeah. When you think of Nick and Nate Diaz, you think of
2: middle fingers (laughs) and
1: and and heads up talking shit. So you know they're they're branding whether they're trying or not. They're doing their thing. Yeah, it's almost pure.
0: Yeah, and it's almost uh, pure branding. Yeah, actually, like that was one of the first fighter people that I ever met was Nick Diaz, and I was fascinated by him. Well, there's Nick and there's Nate.
1: Yeah, yeah. The brother was one I one. I'm friends with both of them. Yeah, and uh, they're really different. I mean, yeah. they come off they're they're one as a unit when it's them against the world. Yeah, but like as far as like getting to know them, mm-hmm. like Nate is way more mild than Nick. Right, and he's a little bit more like you know dependable as far as like showing up to places and whatnot. Yeah, and then Nick is like a savant. Like he can tell you about health food, and he can tell you about jujitsu, and he knows fighting. Like like that's his thing. But, yeah, but he's kind of out there sometimes. It's it's kind of a weird dynamic, but. Um, they're fascinating brothers, man. Yeah,
0: they're fascinating. Yeah, one thing. Yeah, but I, when you said he wore he wears his heart on his on his sleeve, man, it's exactly what I thought yeah. about him. Like I could, like one minute he was like the toughest guy, and one minute he was also like at the same time kind of. Um, I don't want to say the sweetest guy because I don't mean it like that, but he was like the most endearing, endearing. Yeah, like emotionally, yeah. right there. Like it was, it, it was almost fascinating to be yeah. around that. I've never met anybody really like that.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a good dynamic. Are, I've always, you know, been been rooting for those guys. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, you can't, yeah.
0: After talking to him, I rooted for him. So I rooted for him and, and almost anybody he knew. So much yeah. in a weird way. Yeah, um, they're cool. very endearing. Um, so now that now that you've gotten out of fighting, did you start? Was there a point where you started to like look at business after? Did you start <clears throat> to like, you know, do things preemptively? Uh, um, I did.
1: I, I definitely was preemptive with business, and it was more out of a means. Like if you look back at me from a business standpoint, my first business was top-of-the-line coaching Mm -hmm. TLC and I started that when I was a struggling fighter just graduating college Mm -hmm. I I basically was getting paid a couple hundred bucks to show up a couple hundred bucks to win selling tickets uh is that in Tahoe is that the place you're talking about or no that's that's in Sacramento
0: okay Sacramento
1: yeah so so I was coaching UC Davis wrestling Mm -hmm. I was an employee for the for the college making seven thousand dollars a year Jeez. working 10, ten. That's, damn, fucking, dude. that's that's We're that's that's way s- below poverty damn dude that's sex trafficking yeah there, that like. is, that's I mean, that less is than sex trafficking money, yeah exactly so i'm, I'm doing that mm-hmm. then i then i'm bussing tables uh at at ink which is a, a little late night place sometimes till four in the morning after wrestling practice i go and i started tlc top line coaching mm-hmm. i'm coaching kids at two different schools under, cash under the table and then in the summers i'm working wrestling camps and the, the wrestling camp i was talking about <clears throat> making a you know a grand or two doing that but for me i graduated college with a great degree mm-hmm. and i'm just like i'm like living the fucking dream dude like i don't have a job right but i'm just hustling i'm working like 17 hours a day mm-hmm. but i just i'm, I'm skating by and I'm not getting i don't have a job right right i, I see my, what you're my saying my appointment's like I mean, my my apartment's like two hundred and fifty bucks a month. I took a crappy little room in in a in a in an apartment with two of my buddies from college, and um, you know, you must had a positive by.
0: attitude during. I mean, oh yeah, that seemed like something you must have had, like yeah. a real, like almost a disposition that you were born with or something. Because yeah, some people would look at that as like, "Fuck, I got to do all this work." It seemed like you were looking at it as like, "Oh, this is great."
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, I, I remember. And and I talked about before the thinking big thing, mm-hmm. like how big are you thinking? Like the people I've met, I've met billionaires and and successful movie stars and musicians and, and clothing moguls and and you know all these different walks. And it's that that's a the positive mental attitude is part of it and mm-hmm. then definiteness of purpose, like knowing what you want. Yeah. Like going after that 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 thing that you want or having your vision for yourself. And all through high school and college, I had a late start in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I always write down my goals. And I don't know what it was. In, in high school, I would write down my goals. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to be you know, an All-American, top eight in, in the state. That was once I got to be, be able to think that big. But I never wrote down be a state champion. I don't know why. Mm. You know what I mean? Which is weird. It's it's you know no one else in my school had gone to the state. But you're tournament. skipping a step
0: by all American. You're skipping the step of state champion, right? I I, I didn't skip that step. Right. I never got that in there. far. Oh.
1: Being an all American is top eight in the nation. Top eight or in the top nation. Eight in the state.
0: Right. Oh, top eight in the state. And then, and then state champion is the winner of state that. State
1: Champion is the winner of that. And I wrote down to be top eight as my biggest goal. It was, it was first to get to the state tournament. A big goal. It's a big goal, but it's not big enough. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, because I was working just as hard as the state champions uh, and I had the gifts that of a state champion. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I had, I was doing extra shit. I'd get up in the morning, I'd run to school, ran like 13 miles of school one day.
0: Dude, they, yeah. this reminds me, they had a guy on, who was on um, the UFC, the fight show that you guys did. What was it called? Ultimate Fighter. Ultimate Fighter. They had a guy named Sam um, a long time ago. He was like kind of this big, he was from Alaska. And he went to Louisiana. Sam Hoger, yeah. When yeah. I went to Louisiana State, he was there. Uh, and I remember he would. This made me think of this. He would run across campus with his girlfriend on his back in the morning, bro. <laughs> and you would see him running across just to stay in shape. And he was the first person I ever met in my whole life. Uh, he was a really sweet guy that talked about UFC and MMA. And he would, when people heard him talk about it, it was almost like <laughs> listening to somebody like yeah they come from a mountain like talking about a rare thing they'd seen in the woods you yeah, know? yeah. That's, like that's when it was so premature changed, this was right. 2002 you know 2001 yeah i went
1: i went to sam Hoger's gym years back and had done a seminar for him but um yeah that's funny and, and it's true like you do these extra little things and you're and you're a gifted athlete i was a really gifted athlete yeah and i was raised up healthy and i um but why did I not put down champion? Only top eight. Right. That's weird. Then I went to college, and I, I and I, I had I lost to four guys in my state tournament. Jeez. In my in my call in my high school career. Yeah, and, and that ain't super great. Three of the guys, three of the guys came to the same college I went to, and which is crazy. And then, you know,
0: so you were training. So you were working with champs pretty much every day.
1: Really, I was work, I was working with champs, but the the, the point was. I got there, and when I when I when I went there when I went there, three of the guys that beat me in high school, um, and placed better than I did, came to the same school, and I set a new set of goals, which was to beat those guys and mm. beat the other guys and this and that on my team. Right again, I started low, started low, started low, and I got to a point where I beat out all those guys. I earned myself a scholarship. Mm-hmm. I made it to the national tournament, and then, which was my goal, and then I wrote a goal to be an all American, which was top eight again. Why did I not put number one? Yeah. Isn't that bizarre?
0: So, now looking back, then, what is that? Because sometimes I'll think about that kind of stuff. Like, sometimes, like, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, I'll think about, like, you know, I want to be, you know, great. Right. But then I almost get. It's scary to say it. Yeah. But but it's also, I don't want. This is interesting because I'm trying to feel this and think about this at the same time. Yeah. Like, if I say that I'm great, I don't want to, or if I think that I can be great. It's almost like for some weird reason, um, I don't know if I'm ashamed to say that. Yeah,
1: it's true. It happens.
0: Like I'm trying to think of what that feeling is that would make me, you know, the, like the admit. Problem, like the pro- like, pro- like well, what's the fear to admit that? Fuck, I want to be yes. good.
1: What the, the, the fear is this. First off, the fear, it's a double-edged sword. If you never say it, there's no accountability. It's a lot easier not to say something mm. because then no one's going to point and say hi you fucking you, you, you failed. Damn it's, it's just easy. like my relationships I'm in. It's, <laughs> it's just like
0: I don't want to say like I'm in this yes, for the depth of it. I've been there brother. Because wow it's, so, crazy. it's, it's kind of- crazy.
1: It's crazy that that commitment level and realizing, and that's what I realized after my fight career. I, I went in and I, I beat a guy. I beat two guys that were national champions the next year and All-Americans and this and that. And, I, I, I and was, this is in wrestling. This is in wrestling. Right. And so when I went to, to my my next phase of life and my next uh, thing I was going to go after, mm-hmm. which was unrealistic as fuck, and now what, that, that's what I'm talking about with Thinking Big, why the hell would I choose a career, and, mm-hmm. and mine, this is 2003. Mm-hmm. It was illegal in California at the time.
0: UFC fighting, cage fighting,
1: mixed martial arts. Yeah, it all that illegal. stuff. It was illegal. It was illegal at the time. In the biggest show, they only had a weight class of 170 pounds a night and I was 133 pounds. And there's only 3 shows a year.
0: Right. 200 bucks was the prize. And and, and, now, and three, you say-
1: in the big period, in the in the big show, there's 3 shows a year at the big event mm-hmm. and the biggest prize is 150 grand. Right. And yet here I am. Graduating college with a degree from a great university and saying, I want to make this my career. Now, did you think. How stupid is that?
0: Yeah, it doesn't. Well, here's what I'm. Then here's my question is Did you think, though, that it was going to be an actual career at that point? Or did it seem like this is just kind of a wild thing that's going on in the world right now? Like, you can't, I mean, you don't know that it's going to grow. You know, when somebody asks you to come down to the ballpark and play a game of like. Unique six on six are you football or something you don't know maybe years later it's going to be the NFL. You well, know?
1: perception is everything, and and so mind you, night uh, two thousand and three, one hundred fifty grand is still pretty good money. Oh yeah, it's You're great. Like, money. Oh my gosh. That being said, I also got my emergency teaching two thousand eighteen <laughs> that is still extremely yeah. good money. <laughs> yeah, so I also had my emergency teaching credential. I was going to start substitute teaching for like eleven bucks an hour. Right then, I took my first <laughs> fight. And I beat up this kid in in a minute and a half, and forget that I had trained all through high school and college as a wrestler. Yeah. In my mind, it was a minute and a half of work, and I got paid four hundred uh. bucks to show up, and I got paid fifty bucks. I made four hundred fifty bucks, mm-hmm. almost five hundred bucks in a minute and a half. That's the way I saw so it. That's who you're looking at. I had at all really... my buddies there and a bunch of hot chicks and and. And I'm the center of attention, and I like got my endorphins going. I'm like, this is fucking it. I'm going this route. This is it. What you know, like, so is it? It's about perception. Now, when you have money in the bank, and you're, and you're looking at what the hell was I thinking? But at the time, it's interesting. I was much- going passion, mm-hmm. all passion, and just thinking big. You know,
0: if there's one thing you know about me, it's that you know I like my own hair, and I'm trying to keep it. Sometimes the devil wants to take the hair right off your head. And make you just into like a shiny, just kind of skin only on your head. But I don't want that. I don't want that for me and I don't want that for you if you don't want it. Because sometimes it can affect your confidence. Well, Hair Club knows this. And they're inviting you to become part of the Hair Club family. To see how getting the most out of your hair can change your life. Hair Club understands the emotions you're feeling and knows the questions you have. Whether you're looking to revitalize the growth and kind of perk that you know, perk that crop a little, or whether you just you know uh, want to check out the most proven methods for hair replacement or restoration. I've had hair replacement, man. I'm rocking, all, you know, a little bit of my back out there in the front right now. You can go to HairClub.com/theo for a free hair analysis and a free take-home hair kit, all valued over three hundred dollars. That's HairClub.com/theo. For a free hair analysis and free hair care kit. HairClub.com slash Theo. If you want to be a hair bear, then get with your hair. A lot of people don't have any skills, man. And, oh well. That doesn't have to be you. You know, skills are something that everybody, you know, wants to have sometimes. And Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business, design, technology, and more. You can take classes in social media marketing, data science, mobile photography, creative writing. You don't have to go back to college. You don't need to, you know, go to University of Maryland or go to dang, you know, Johnston and Wales or whatever. You could just take a class at Skillshare.com and go get whatever you need in the world. Whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. You can get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, Skillshare is offering this past weekend listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 eyes. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Theo. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Theo to start your two months now and get your skills. I'm trying to think.
1: Uh, well, I'll get back on the what I was saying. About,
0: about well, you the, ended up at perception, right? Yeah,
1: the perception thing. And, and,
0: and perception and, is fascinating to me because that's, I mean, that's a thing you talked about a couple times, you know? Right. Like looking at the big picture, you know, like, and just perceiving things like that. Uh, because that's the thing that i that i even notice in myself and it's a constant battle is when i'm in a good mindset and i'm able to perceive the bigger picture and actually like be brave enough to even admit to myself that i want to try and like yeah be great it's scary and then other great. moments where i get fallen yes yeah yeah it's like it's it seems fascinating to be great but it also just yes yeah, something seems
1: well first off really scary about is, it is other people keeping you accountable then also you've said it out loud. Then you also know to be great at anything. I don't care what it is. It could be, you know, anything. I met the, some of the best video gamers on the planet and I got to talk to them about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, even you, you know, I, 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 I up on your path to where you are now mm-hmm. and it was, you know, a lot of stuff over, you know, yeah, it's been a long what, road. 15 years. Yeah. Uh, and people get discouraged. People get tired of the hard work. Uh, some people can't can't do that push, and uh, so when you do that accountability and you say it, mm. then that changes things, and that's what I did when I got out of college. I realized so now I'm coaching at the college, right? And I'm seeing guys that I beat that that are all American and and national champions and stuff like that. And I know that I've worked harder than these guys because so you're realizing you're in
0: their class. I mean, you're realizing yeah. that you beat them, and these are guys are doing well.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, why did I not put down the champion thing? So I, I, I set my new goals. I'm living in my little apartment. i bussing tables at Inc. I'm coaching kids, and I'm and I'm coaching wrestling, working like 17, 18 hours, and uh, and I wrote down my goals. It was be a world champion at the mm-hmm. time. It was UFC or Pride because those were the two big organizations. Mm-hmm. I said. Own two houses in the next three years. And
0: that's hard to do,
1: but the rest of yeah, it. Yeah. And then beautiful. I said, uh, <laughs> That's a lot. Oh, you think owning two houses is harder than being the world champion? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, these days. <laughs> this is where we talk about perception. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, then, and then the last one was own a, a healthy and successful business. This right. is funny. It's funny. funny. See what I'm saying about perception? It's like, well, shit, that's easy. (laughs) Man, it's very easy to be the world champion of, of, of the hardest sport in the world. But you want to own two houses? <laughs> two houses Are you crazy? Been
0: in LA too long, dude. <laughs> yeah, You've been in LA too long. I think that's what it is. That's
1: it. <laughs> yeah, I think at these
0: LA prices, yeah. it would seem a lot more feasible. Yes,
1: come to Sacramento. Yeah. We got a spot. We'll, we'll build this podcast <laughs> from the gym.
0: I love Sacramento, <laughs> man. Uh, let's. So we have questions that came in from some fans. We're not aborting our conversation, yeah. but I just want to uh, chop some in here and there. Uh, you can put these headphones on, actually. Cool. And you'll be able to hear one of the ones that came in
2: gang gang rat king theo thank you for taking the video call you right just <laughs> as much thank
0: you to you hey by the way i'm liking andre feely he's got them hands boy you got them relaxed cobras on the end of his fucking Ooh. arms His little nubs by the way uh, i'm sorry anyway two questions guys real quickly do you have any books or conditioning tips or anything that you would recommend that i can read and take in for my first fight i'm trying to get it by mid-january uh, thank you in advance uh, as well. Any tips on real, uh, real estate investing? You know, anything that you know, you wish you knew uh, when you started getting into your guys' uh, monetary endeavors. You know what I mean? Uh, that could go for both of you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for everything that you guys do. Huge fan again. Gang, gang, baby
3: rat king
0: to the day i die damn bro <laughs> wow hope that's that, your <laughs> boy I, I, it is my boy i hope he's <laughs> hope everything's doing okay no i'm excited I'm, he's more fired up about li- about my life than i am yeah uh, but those questions are almost uh, it's almost crazy yeah. that's the questions that came in because we just stopped right here on real estate so and i know that that's part of the world that you're in right and so uh what were his questions again one was if you had any real estate investing advice that you wish you had known earlier
1: right and then he said also any good books or things that you should do to prepare for a fight and yeah. fit, fitness nutrition yeah. type and he also said what's up to andre touchy feely yeah you'll love andre feely we'll get him on the show at some point is he's a unique a character man? is he unique mofo really he's got an outcast <laughs> and underdogs uh music label and his clothing that guy looks like an outcast and underdog uh <laughs> oh that's you know, perfect yeah. this guy yeah he must be a fan he said yeah. that he was yeah he's a fan of his but um there's a lot of good books i mean there's i like napoleon hill um you know he wrote three thinking think go rich but yeah. he has the also the laws uh, i forget the i forget the rules of success that's what he talks about pa- positive mental attitude mm-hmm. and um uh yeah there's Touchy oh, wow Feely that's right him there. yeah touchy feels it he i just produced a movie and we put Feely in it he kills i'll show you guys the trailer of this movie. bangle
0: what is it uh is that the movie no um, no it's called
1: green uh it's called uh Green Fever. Green it's Fever. not out yet. Okay. Yeah. I got him. I was just in the Rocks movie. You were? Yeah, that was sick. But really? let me get back to this. Okay, guy yeah. Here. Get
0: back to this. So, so even outside of books, though, what are practices I think that you know, like, because anybody can know a book. I want to know what you know.
1: I I would say for for a guy like that, he seems like he's passionate and happy, dude. You gotta understand about commitment levels. And I, I talked to uh there's Coach Lee Kemp. He has a book. Mm-hmm. Um it's called I think Winning Gold. He's a three-time world champion. That's a good one. Anything you can read on Dan Gable. That's another guy who's, who's yeah. He was one of the best wrestlers, wrestlers ever. of all time. Both Lee Kemp and Dan Gable were both two of the best wrestlers of all time. And the commitment level these guys had is what set them apart. Wow. Just deciding they're going to do something and then just just going after it. So those are two things. And then I would say you know you got to put yourself in uncomfortable positions. Some people hate to run. I like to run. I mean, I, I, I hate to run the way I run because I run until I'm like fatigued in a short period of time, and uh, I would do some some hard pushes where your lungs are blown out. Do five minute rounds as fast as you can for as long as you can. Five minute rounds of what? Those. Running? Three rounds, yeah. Yeah, of five because he's probably fighting. He's probably going to fight three minute rounds, but
0: that's that fear running, bro. Or yeah. you could give somebody a fucking hatchet in your neighborhood to do this trouble, yeah. you know? And <laughs> yeah. fucking run from that dude, bro. Yeah, he'd get that. One. <laughs> if you wanted to get old school with it, you know, do that. Do those hatchet runs. Um, so, so, so those are some of the things you say, like physically, that the guy could do to start to challenge himself.
1: Yeah, and I and I would say, you know, I just I just watched a TED talk when I got over here. Mm-hmm look for as many of these motivational things as you can get because it all ties in together like we're talking about Mm -hmm. um you know you got to believe that you're gonna win you really got to believe it in your heart and then you know you have to go out there and do it so uh i would say you know get on some of these subjects on 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 the internet and start you know book on tapes Mm -hmm. Uh, stay motivated stay motivated find motivators Uh, find motivators and then get yourself out of your comfort zone when it comes to, to fitness and whatnot.
0: When you got into business and stuff, did you start to realize like, here's one thing I, that I've learned, like, or started to question and, and see that, there's things that I'm not good at and to let some of those get help with some of those, let yeah. somebody else do some of those. Cause I come from this thing where it's like, I'm afraid to let anything go. Right. You know? Like it's just, uh, yeah, you have it's to not delegate my nature. Some. Yeah. How did you, did you have moments where you came to that or were you, did you always kind of, was that always just part of your flow?
1: I've always, I've always been pretty good at delegating just because I'm, I'm I feel like I'm real self-aware mm-hmm. and I understand my my strengths pretty well and I know some of my weaknesses and I'm also not afraid to share in things. So, Uh. um, which is sometimes it, it comes back to bite you, but as a general rule for me, it's worked out. You know, I, I'm okay to give inclusive. Give something to someone yeah. to help motivate them as mm-hmm. long as they're pulling their weight and they're like-minded and and I trust them and stuff like that. Yeah, we just gave um, Nick two raises this year. So Nice. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, and we
0: asked we told him he can't ask for one for another year. So that was, the, that was the best part of the second one.
1: Well, that's a good <laughs> idea. But the workload keeps increasing. So we may have to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, you give and <laughs> you get, right? Yeah, there we go. But uh yeah, so so for that, delegating so is delegating. a big thing. And and then on top of that. Just always, just like the fight game, you're just always trying to improve, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've been learning that. I've le- I've taken some hard knocks in the business world, mm-hmm. just like in the fight world. Really, and and it's been, you know, having conversations like this. I'm part of something called EO. Mm-hmm. It's entrepreneurial organization, and I'm like the low man on the totem pole. We meet like once a month. There's, I believe, eleven of us in the group, all from different walks of business, and we share information. We There's like a gestalt way of, of communicating, which means we talk about our experiences, not like giving advice necessarily. Mm -hmm. You have to like speak from your own experiences. Oh, wow. What you've done. Like, oh, like I had this happening. Like, oh, I had an experience that I can relate to where I was doing this and someone tried to sue me and you have to share your experiences. I learn a lot from other people. Mm -hmm. Um, But the truth is like, you know, a business is 90% of the time, just a group of people. I mean, there's products and there's this and there's that, but you have to, you know, work with managing people and be able to delegate and be realistic what you're you're good at and what you're not. Um, you ever heard of the shoestring millionaire? Mm-mm. The guy that, you know, the guy that made It's the not shoestring. a rapist, is it? Uh... I sorry, don't think so. Yeah. yeah we, could, we could no, Google that though. <laughs> sorry. and no offense if
0: anybody's a rapist or, or sorry, but no I don't know what I'm talking about, but I feel like murders and rapists always get like some of the craziest names. Yeah, some of the coolest
1: names. Yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah. The shoestring yeah. millionaire. The yeah. shoe string millionaire rapist. Yeah, crazy, yeah. Yeah, I the that. whole backstory to that is <laughs> no. is well, it could like be it. great. Well maybe we'll make a Frenemy friend of me movie about it. You, you could be the, the I'll uh, be the rapist, shoestring millionaire. Yeah. yeah. That'd be good.
0: I got that, yeah. I'll, I'll
1: be the guy that catches you in-, in, in oh, I could
0: see that. Yeah. The Weird detective. twist at
1: the end. I rape you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bro. And this is where Nick's salary goes up, because this is where he comes in. <laughs> a <pinch> um, hit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do you, have you found that you enjoy one more than the other, being a businessman or being a fighter, or do you find that really they were the same thing and you're just doing two different actions?
1: Uh, I think it's kind of the same thing as long as you're passionate about both, you know, I've been passionate about the business side of things. And again, I started out my business through necessity. I needed to start coaching kids, TLC. Right. Then I ended up doing alpha male shirts while I was selling tickets and shirts to make, raise money when I was fighting. Right. You're already selling a ticket. Let me sell you this shirt as well. Then I started a, a, a gym where I brought in a guy that, that, Wanted to start a gym. He put up the funds. I put in all the sweat equity. Mm-hmm. My dad did the construction for for a cheap price. I helped, you know, you know, dig holes and, and build stuff. In addition, then I started a management company um, before anyone knew who I was. And then, you know, it, it spurred into more and more things and just learning out of necessity how to survive on my own terms. Mm-hmm. And for me, the bi- being a businessman is the same as as the fight game. Mm-hmm. It just allows me to live the life. That I want to live on my terms when I when I want to do things, yeah. uh, who I want to be with, it's nice, huh? You know that kind of thing, and and that's that's what I'm always fighting for, and that's what I'm always pushing for is the ability to do that for the rest of my life. And of course, you have to do stuff like we talked about that you don't want to do, yeah, in order to do the things that you want to do. But you want to try to get those down as minimal as possible over time. Mm-hmm. I feel like Joe Rogan's a good example of that. Yeah, I mean that's a guy that. He loves fucking fighting. Yeah. He loves making people laugh. Mm-hmm. He loves interesting, weird shit and like talking <laughs> yeah. about. it He's like, so s- curious. Weed yeah. And, and do martial arts. And- yeah. Whatever, and that's how he gets paid.
0: And time travel. I have a feeling he also... Yeah, he might time travel. Oh, I've low key. He has a dude in his warehouse fucking tinkering with clocks right now. There is no <laughs> doubt that,
1: time travel. that Rogan
0: one day is just going to fucking set a watch. Gonna, he might be your dad. <laughs> oh, dude, it would be crazy. <laughs> what if he
1: already went back and he's your dad?
0: What if one day he just shows up with a tattoo of his family on his arm and I'm in one of the pictures? <laughs> what? um yeah he is a fascinating man one uh, one of the gifts i noticed he has is the constant ability to stay curious about things he's curious about everything you know yeah and he genuinely is like it's almost i don't know if that's a gift or something that he nurtured over the years but yeah he has the ability to stay uh curious about everything but also yes he's created a life where that fits the life that he wants right like he doesn't take on like television shows and that kind of shit like they're always throwing that stuff towards him you know um but he's like, I'm. Per- this is what I want.
1: Yeah, does what he wants. Yeah, and that's 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 through a lot of hard work and dedication and probably doing some things he didn't love to do at points here and there and and finding his way. I, I had a conversation with him one time. It was about I think he's talked about it where he was talking about you know getting involved in buying our team and we had a conversation like this and then I got mad at him for something he said on one of my fights and it was a stupid immature conversation we were having and <laughs> it was just me and him. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he goes, man, I don't care about money. He goes, the whole reason, he goes, I don't do things for money. He goes, the whole reason I have, you have fuck you money. Is so you can say, fuck you. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Which is awesome. Man. It is I, I nice like to- him a lot. And he, he's been a, he's been a, a, you know, a big part of the mixed martial arts world for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. In how he way. kind
0: of, uh, you know, we were just talking about this earlier that if there was ever like, um like if, the world was going to end and everybody was going to listen to one guy, like where are we all going to meet up at? Yeah. I feel like it would be Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> like if Joe Rogan's like, hey, I'll see you guys in Denver in six days. Well,
1: you at least, well, I don't know about that. Like I would I would say, I would count that he wasn't trying to hoax us and yeah. like say go there and he's really has to go somewhere oh, yeah, else to say. Right. Uh, I, I count that, it, I, I trust that he wouldn't do that. Yeah. But – do I know that that I believe that his idea is the best? I don't know.
3: Yeah, that's
1: true. Because <laughs> yeah, well, he gets on some fucking tangents sometimes, where I'm like, "Are you serious? Like, what's this? Where's this coming from?" You yeah, know?
0: I remember he <laughs> asked me one time, man. The hardest thing sometimes is to keep up with like what's going on when I go on his podcast. Like, it's hard to like. Um, yeah, he just likes to think. He's like, you think you're the only Theo Vaughn out there? Like,
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what. You're not the only Theo, though. Yeah. My dad's Theo. Is he really? That's my dad's name. Oh, wow. Theodore Faber. He's first-generation American from Holland.
0: Yeah, it sounds yeah. very... That's Dutch. You guys are Dutch? Yeah. Dutch. Oh, dude, the Dutch, I'll say this, most aerodynamic people in the world, bro. Yeah. Usually. Kind
1: people. Really kind people, too. Oh, the
0: decent Dutch, they call yeah, them. Yeah, the decent Dutch. Um,
1: and very cheap, from my understanding. Are they really... <laughs> Yeah, going Dutch. Oh, going Dutch. Going yeah. Dutch. <laughs> making, That's when you make the chicks pay, for, pay her share. <laughs> yeah, making ladies pay for half of yeah, it. and they're also the tallest yes. group of people on the planet. And I ironically got my short <laughs> side from my four foot ten great uh, great grandmother or great grandmother uh, on the Dutch side, uh, and my Italian grandfather was nearly seven foot tall. Dang. But, you could still grow know, though. You can I just still, grow I, just you can still grow. I just got lucky. You never know. Never I never have to hit my head on anything tall. I'm limber. I'm quick.
0: Yeah, that's true. You can also you can perception, be Halloween things. Perception. You can be things <laughs> yeah. at Halloween that other people can't be. Exactly. You know?
1: <laughs> Jump out of weird stuff. Yeah, tumble. You can hide pumpkin. on
0: somebody's yeah. <laughs> you could hide on uh, let's go to a call actually. Actually, we have a, a call I think is gonna fit Yo, hey, oh,
1: hey Uriah, this is Noah up here in Cleveland. I'm
0: huge fans of you both, and I have a question for Uriah. I'm particularly not a very tall guy and I know you're not either. And I was just curious if growing up if you ever had like little man syndrome or if your size or stature ever affected you in any way. All right, gang gang Theo. See you Ryan. Peace All right.
1: Peace brother. brother. Nice guy. You know what? I uh Yeah, I that's interesting. I never really I never really had had that and I think it's because I'm delusional. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've been known for that. My guys make fun of me and this and that. I think I did a great practice when I got my ass kicked or something like that. But, uh, you know, my brother's 5'11", my sister's 5'9". Oh,
0: um, she's hogging inches. Yeah.
1: Come on. Yeah. You so, can be 5'6",
0: babe, and help your freaking sibling out. Yeah, and I. Uh, but and you I, didn't I, ever
1: have it. I didn't really have it, no. And I think it was because I, I always got with a lot of respect i never i never really was the guy that got picked on yeah um i had the gift of gab i also was a, a good athlete um when i was young i used to do a lot of like i used to do commercials and and like runway modeling, entertainment like, modeling, that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. i always had a lot of confidence um but i will say you know i have i have experienced like just other people thinking that way like and it it would be shocking to me when when, when somebody would be like oh well, how's it you know like mention it and I'm like I just it doesn't factor to me. I remember I had a training camp back in 2005. There was Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture was out there, Frank Trigg, uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson, Jesus. Um, James Sandman, Irvin, Scott Smith.
0: Uh, oh, we got you, to know, you right here, actually. I'm gonna interrupt. Yeah, you all
1: here. these guys, all these all these all these individuals that were there at this event and 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 uh, Frank Trigg was the smallest one but he's a 70 pounder in the UFC which means he walks in hundred and seventy. 70 pounds 170 he <laughs> oh, was 170 pounds yeah, God, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm like where is That'd this that be like your cousin is the deck guy yeah, yeah. Oh. oh daddy long <laughs> daddy long dude he's coming in he actually he just hit like 90 pounds but 70 pounds I'm like who's No, up, these city of hope fights I, remember, I remember
1: all the other guys were big guys right Right. like heavyweights and light heavyweights and he was a 170 pounder and I told him I said hey bro tomorrow i got a bunch of guys our size coming mm-hmm. and remember i was 133 pounds and he goes would you stop saying that you and i are not the same size <laughs> <laughs> that's what frank trick told me i'm like damn i guess you're right and then i'll see pictures and i'll be like oh, that guy's about my size yeah like i thought that with uh that's like amazing. tom hardy tom hardy i'm like tom hardy's about my size and dan bilzerian i'm like yeah. dude dan bilzerian is my size <laughs> And then I'll see a picture next to him. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but dude, this is this is so crazy
0: because this all is like, it's perception, man. Like you, your perception is this bigger picture perception yeah. even of yourself.
1: Yeah. Even, even unrealistically like that. I mean, I, I literally, I was like, dude, I met Bilzerian. This is years ago. Uh, <laughs> you're like, you're my fight, size. And I'm like, dude, Bilzerian's <laughs> short me. He's my size. And then, and then and I but, told someone, I go, yeah, he's just a little guy. It looks bigger on, you know, in, in videos and everything. Yeah. And then I and then I later took a picture to send to my my buddy of me and Dan and I'm like oh wait never mind he's co- he's got me <laughs> he's how much different
0: me. in height is there between the two do you know I can look it up
1: probably about but the, f- co- four it's inch, kind of fascinating that
0: this yeah it's almost like a de- like just having that ability that that bigger person but not only having a bigger idea. But having that bigger idea, like infiltrate you, that your perception. Right. So the bigger idea, almost, um, it's not just a thought. It's like this more, yeah. more rounded thing that lives in you.
1: Right. You ever what, what's the what's the book? What one flew over the cuckoo's nest? What, what's the book that, uh with Jack Nicholson? With Jack Nicholson.
0: Yeah, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah,
1: one yeah. flew over the cuckoo's nest. And the Indian guy never talks. You ever yeah, read that? Yeah. Like, we had to read that book in, in school. Um, And the Indian guy saw Jack Jack Nicholson's Mm -hmm. character as so much bigger than he was Mm. just because it was just, he had a presence about him, you know? Mm -hmm. I think maybe I have that going for me. I don't know. But But I mean, there's definitely been moments where I've been in some fights before right? where you're from different, I mean, street fights I'm Mm -hmm. talking about, where you're from different, like when I got to college, I come from a small town and I've also been, I went to the same elementary school for, from kindergarten to sixth grade. Everybody knows who you are. You know, there's like, there's an awareness of who you are. No one really messed with me. I yeah. wasn't a big fighter growing up, but no one would mess with me. That's, I mean, if they would, they'd be in a fight probably, but right. it didn't happen. But you weren't
0: out picking fights. You weren't that, no. you weren't like an asshole kind no, of kid. I was like, you know. Just a like person.
1: Yeah. Just, just nice guy. We live in a small town. And uh, I remember getting to college, getting in the bar scene, and everybody has different rules of engagement too. There's a kid from the rich area in San Fran, mm-hmm. there's a guy from the ghetto, there's a guy from the small town. But for me, I'm not used to somebody getting my face and trying to punk me for no reason. Right. You know, I got in a couple of great fights with guys that just were playing <laughs> with different rules and had no clue who the fuck I was. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, like too little too late, you know? Yeah. Like some, in in somebody's neighborhood, you can sit right in front of someone and dangle your face and talk shit and like touch noses in other people's neighborhood, as soon as you step into a certain area you're getting hit.
0: That's true. It's so know? interesting.
1: It's interesting that it's like the the mesh pot of people that come together. You add alcohol to that. Yeah. And egos and chicks around and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's it's, it's, SEC football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah basically. But, but, no,
0: that's interesting that there different people have different rules of engagement. And also you used a term that I've never thought of. Great fight was a term you used up. I can't even imagine putting those two words together, <laughs> But So when some the first time you – like, if you get hit, it doesn't – I mean, I, I can imagine at a certain point, like if I get hit in my face, bro, like I would be, you know, first of all, I have a big nose, so like that's definitely going to get hit no matter where they hit me. I'm fucking getting grilled in the fucking beak, you know, no matter. <laughs> but it's like that would like, I feel like just really want, make me want to shut down. Does that kind of go away a little bit where you able to stomach that a little bit more?
1: Well, yeah, because you know how to take a punch. I mean, there's a lot of things to think about, but first off, Pain is, is a different thing for you because you've experienced probably, I've experienced a lot more pain than you have right. physically yes. just through my career. Um, the other thing is understanding how to position my body, how to mitigate the actual damage done, whether I'm getting hit hard or barely slipping a punch or whatever, um, that changes, um, the, the, the ability to, uh, be aware of what's actually happening. They say that it's not the punch that you see coming. It's the one that you don't see coming. Mm. That's because your brain doesn't know what the hell is happening. When your brain sees it coming and it goes, okay, I just got hit, and it can function that. But if you just get hit, your body's not as accustomed. So, I see what you're saying. So when I'm more used to that, I know how to body use my position. My instincts will allow me to deflect the blow a little bit in the correct way, not just follow instincts that are human. Mm-hmm. Um, actually train instincts by professionals. Um, and then it's not as big of a deal, right? And I actually actually know where to hit somebody. Right. If you guys are curious where to hit somebody, if you want to knock him out or hurt him, yes, you hit him in the chin,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the in the upper lip, in the jaw right here. Mm-hmm. You can sometimes do damage if you can get a guy in the temple or the back of the head, but you don't want to hit him around here. This is where you're going to get your hands broken by hitting somebody, right? Which I've done before, and uh, so. You know, that's like I, I was I just had Bradley Martin. Do you know who Bradley Martin is? Mm-mm, do you know Nick? He's a YouTube uh YouTube guy he, was on your fitness podcast? guy. he came out and was on our podcast mm-hmm. and he and he came out to the gym. He's got like three hundred million views on YouTube. Wow. He can do some crazy stuff. He's an athlete, he's a two hundred sixty pound guy. Mm-hmm. He's he's like a oh real athlete God. on top of being a bodybuilder, but he's a he's a he's a real character too and a business guy. Huh. So
0: Fascinating. You
1: know, we're talking about you know, the fitness stuff. And it's it's like he's like I think I want to learn how to do this and do that and he's like Do you think you can beat me up? And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I mean, there's only one way to find out, you know. (laughs) And then um, yeah, just guess. And I'm like, and I said, (laughs) 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 and I'm like, I'm like, I said, you ever train anything? Goes no. And and then so we had like a little bit of a debate of like, well, I would just pick you up and I'd slam you down and 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 elbow you. And I'm like. (laughs) All right. Well, I had that experience where I had this conversation with a 300-pound guy before mm-hmm. who played football at Davis. We were both washing, um, washing the courts in, 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 uh, for work on the tennis courts yeah. in college, and we're out there, and we're talking about this subject, and he's saying, I'd just grab you by your neck. <laughs> and, and I would just grab you by your neck, what? pick you up, and slam you. And I and I'm and I'm a division one wrestler at this time, and he's yeah. he's a star football player, like a defensive lineman yeah. or offensive lineman. And this ain't Tom
0: and Jerry this is, either. No, guys. yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 this is, his name's Eric Trolley. Trolley, if you're out there, what's up, buddy? And uh, and so we're out on the the courts washing, and and I've got my shoes off and my shirt off. I'm just wearing shorts, and he's in there, and, and he's got his shoes on, whatever. And We're talking. He goes, I go, I go. What makes you think? I'm gonna let you grab me by the neck and throw me on the ground. He goes, "I'll just grab you by the neck and throw you on the ground." <laughs> yeah. This and that. So this culminates into me and him getting into it on the cement. Wow! <laughs> and he's 300 pounds, and I'm 140 pounds. And I get behind him like this, and he and he goes in the, uh, <laughs> and he and he does like a barrel roll and i slam my hip and i end up choking the guy out wow at the end i mean it ch- him unconscious made him tap yeah and then uh my hip was all hurt and we both felt like idiots afterwards and everything else but uh, then i was telling bradley this and he's like i guarantee you i can i can pick you up and slam you <laughs> within a minute and i go Jeez, i go all right and, like he's, and, he's, and he's injured at this time right bradley is and so so you guys hit the mat so he's like, oh, I can't because I'm injured. This net, but we're gonna do it. We're yeah. buddies. We're gonna do it at some point. So I'm, I'm like, well, let me just get up. And I go, let's just feel. I want to feel what you feel like, like you know, grab each other, you know, move around a little yeah. bit. This net, and, and he's like, he oh. get he gets the ice pack off his knee, and he stands up, <laughs> and we start grabbing each other like this, and he, I I did something that set him off. Wow! And he goes in for a double,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then he goes in and grabs me. And we almost go into the, the the mirror, and then he slams me on the ground and squeezes me, and I'm just like like just chilling at this point. And he gets up and goes, "I want my five thousand bucks." And I go, "What? That wasn't the competition. Like we were getting up. We oh, thought that was it. He didn't he didn't think that was it, but
0: but he was into it. it he was wanted to just fle- Was he showing it? Was he flexing a little, trying to show his worth? You think
1: we were just we were just we we're having fun. And I got him. I, I convinced him to get up so I could like feel him. Yeah. yeah when just it, get even an though idea. he was injured. And he said that I set him off by doing something. Oh yeah! And so he went full mode, and and I wasn't going full mode at the time. And I'm next thing you know, I'm slammed on my back. <laughs> this 260 pound dude just like flexing on me. It was the funniest thing. Could you have made him tap at that moment? Yeah, not, not at that moment. No, but we're gonna find out. That's I love it. That. We're gonna maybe televise it. Yeah, we'll see.
2: I was gonna say you got a yeah. live stream. And, and that. He's, dude, Bradley's the coolest guy. It was too.
1: it was so funny. And I go, I go, bro. You just won a race that no one else knew it was a race. <laughs> he's like, well, you set me off. And I go, what do I do? He's like, you set me off. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Whatever. But we guy. had, we had. No, it was, it was hilarious,
0: dude. After you beat him, I'll beat him, dude. <laughs>
1: dude this am. guy, I, I don't know. We have, we have a, a one, a one minute set where we're gonna, he's gonna try to take me down, and I like we're not, that, and we're gonna do it. And uh, this guy's impressive, man. I mean, he can, he can jump. He can like do pull ups. He's flexible, but he's two hundred and sixty pounds and all. Where does he train? He has his own gym out here. Uh, I That's not that called.
0: boxing burn, is it? No,
1: it's not boxing. His is more about it's something you know, weightlifting. It's like an eight thousand. I think it's pretty close to here. I'll get yeah. you the information before. Dude, yeah, I gotta start getting YouTube in shape, too. man.
0: I'm starting to feel ashamed of myself. Yeah, I,
2: I don't like when Theo gets all fired up after we have a fighter and he starts trying to fight me. Yeah, because uh, it's yeah. weird. Because you guys <laughs> you don't leave. get paid for that. No. Yeah, get that in your contract. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you guys leave, and it's just me and Nick. You yeah, know? you know. And Nick was a premature baby. He was born like probably six weeks early. Nice. So, <laughs>
3: well, you know, sad. it's
0: <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen. Um, <laughs> that, you talked, about, nothing, you yeah. talked about, hip, <laughs> about a hip. You talked about hip injury a few minutes ago. We had Dustin Poirier in the other day you know oh yeah and uh and i'm a big you know fan of dustin's He's, an, you know he's a nice guy and he just wants to be the champ you know he just yeah. he loves to fight yeah um do and he he took out of the Diaz fight because of hips he got stem cells put into his hip is that like a normal thing how is that kind of review like veered in the fight world is that the same choice that you think you would make if you know if you're not in top shape do you step back from a fight and wait till you are like that seems to be like the choice that's most likely to be made.
1: Um, yeah, depending on how bad your injury I've gone into fight I mean, the truth is and Dustin knows this, you're never gonna go into any fight hundred percent. Right. But there's you're gonna always have nicks and bruises and maybe little injuries and stuff like that. And I've had fights in the past. I mean, after I lost my first fight in the smaller shows, I fought seven times in one year on these little reservations, Damn. making a thousand bucks here, five hundred bucks here. You know that was how I was ma- part of how I was making a living at the time, Damn. and there's more of a necessity. But yeah. you know when there's a lot at stake, you want to give yourself the best chance and uh, the best chance of recovery and everything else. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I I would say if the injury is bad enough, absolutely. Yeah. Step out and, and try to nourish it back because. You know, it's higher higher stakes now. It's it's a big deal to every single fight's the most important one in your life.
0: When you look back on your career, was there a fight? Uh if you could go back and redo one fight, is there one? Or even a moment in a fight that you get that plays in your head sometimes? Um you know, <laughs> even as a comedian, I have some moments in my head that like, oh man, like you know, I taped a Netflix special that I really didn't like, you know, yeah. just the pieces didn't come together right and uh and I wish I could go back and do that over. Uh, yeah do you have moments like that do you have
1: yeah quite a few actually and, yeah and i know you know 44 fights i've had some where you're more inspired than others especially me at a time when i was the pioneer for the lightweight fighters and my name was the biggest in every in in, in the sport for for my weight class yeah it's like every single fight i had everything to lose like uh, everybody wanted to fight me etc and it was sometimes hard to get up for these fights that no one knew who it was and and everything else so i've had some Lackluster performances at times, and then I've also had some some performances where I've had some bad injuries. Like I hit uh, Mike Brown on the top of the head in the first round, and I shattered one bone and I snapped the other one in a five round title fight. And I remember going back to my corner and telling my trainer, who didn't speak any English, "Hey, my hand's no good," and he t- told me to shut up. Champion hit me in the heart, and I go and fight five more rounds like that. Wow. Third round, I dislocated my thumb. The first fight against Mike Brown, I did like a jumping back fist and overhand right. Like, I mean, there's been a lot of moments where, like, ah, oh, man, I wish I could do that again, you know? Yeah. Uh, a ton of those. But at the end of the day, it was always max effort was was exhausted. And that, that's comforting, at least. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you, uh, you know, I was talking with Dustin about this, um, about the fact that I, I was looking at some photos of him after some fights, and I didn't know what fights they were that he'd been in, you know? And I was just, <clears throat> he looked no matter what, he looked like he'd gone through, it's almost like it seems like to a guy who doesn't fight or can't fight that you go through like a win or lose, it's like you win.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> in
0: I've been weird in a couple way. of those. Like win or lose, just the, that you test yourself, that you test your mettle yeah. to that point against another man, that that, that that is enough of a win in the end that it over it outweighs the actual fact if you win or lose yeah
1: and there's guys who make whole careers like that i think donald cerrone clay guida um you know those guys in particular have have made careers like that where where they're in it and become staples in the sport because every single time they lay it all out there and they put on a great fight and they walk away you know, exciting. Yeah. I mean, Joe Lauzon's another guy like Eddie that. Alvarez. Would he be that, a guy like that? <laughs> Eddie Alvarez. Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez. Um, those are guys that <clears throat> you know exactly when you're going to get when you watch those guys fight. They're going to let it all hang out. Yeah. They're going to get their head blown up. I mean, Nick and Nate Diaz. Yeah. I mean, those guys. And, and, and there's a lot of scenarios. I mean, you can make a case for every fight being like that, but obviously there's fights that stand out. I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough, tough way to, to, to make a living. Once you've even made it to the highest level, yeah. then staying there and then actually getting paid and then <laughs> being smart crazy. enough not to spend all your money <laughs> and, yeah. and do dumb things and go broke. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can screw up in this sport. Do you uh, do you have younger guys
0: reach out to you now since you have had a success after you, you know not only you know, success in the in the cage, sorry, but success actually afterwards in business? Do you have young guys that reach out to you now?
1: Yeah, we have a, a ton of guys, especially on my team. I mean, I have guys that talk to me all the time about uh, about business that are peers in, in the fight game and um, ask advice and stuff like that. Um, you know, I've helped manage guys in the past. I help guide people on our team. We have a lot of guys that have have started their own businesses. Chad Mendez, for example, he has his fins and feathers hunting business. Mm -hmm. Um, he spends all his time when he's not training to fight as an athlete, he spends all his time, you know, doing awesome hunts, which he loves to do. Mm. And he's, and he's created a business around that. Andre Touchy Feely just got him in his first movie that I'm that I produced, the Green Fever movie.
0: We could play Machine Gun Kelly in any movie, it looks like, you know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah no, and he's cool. he's he's got his own music label and he's got his own clothing industry, you know, his own clothing stuff. Um, Danny Castillo has P2O Hot Pilates business and we have a lot of guys that have been following in the footsteps and, and thinking like that. Yeah. Yep.
0: Do you think that that's um, more of a, like I, like I look at some athletes now, like I look at LeBron James and it's like, uh, he's kind of too much of a business for me. He's not, it doesn't seem like as much of a basketball player to me. And this is just my perception. I just right. look at him, it's like, uh it's like watching something else go on. It's like watching an advertisement sometimes. Every time I see him touch the ball, whereas some players, it feels like when they get the ball, oh, that's a player with a ball, a basketball player. Do you feel like that as you know the business side of it becomes bigger, that it starts to um, take away from the fighting
1: side of it? Um, it can. I mean, <clears throat> sorry, I got something in my throat. It can. I mean, it just depends. Yeah, it, it depends on the individual and. Um here's a guy Conor McGregor. I mean his his whiskey company is probably going to be friggin' huge. Was it Proper 12? Yeah, Proper 12. I mean that was just a massive paid advertisement. Yeah, no. It really for was. His whiskey company if you look at guys that have exited, you know, what, who the vitamin water was what 50 cents. Yeah, 50 cents. And then we have uh, uh was it was it Robert Downey Jr. Ju- not Robert Downey Jr. Who who did Ciroc, the- Rock
0: was P Diddy or somebody P maybe Diddy, Diddy
1: there was uh what's the name of the actor who who sold his his alcohol brand. Um, oh, the tequila company. Tequila or there was like a billion dollar. Oh version. yeah, Robert.
0: Oh uh, no, uh, the guy. He was a doctor in um, yeah, see, crazy Grey's Anatomy. Or whatever 11,
1: I think. Oceans Eleven. Yeah, yeah, that
0: guy, George. No. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. This is the best. This is the best game. You and me trying to guess something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You've been punched a of Yeah. Just exactly. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. can't figure it out. Yeah. What uh, a combination. Who sold the tequila company that made a ton of money? The actor. actor george clooney clooney gang there you yeah. go dude that's gang, it. gang bro fighters against people that are like people that have been hit a bunch and then people who are just not that smart <laughs> trying to guess we should things. do our
1: own trivia show it's not a bad show
0: oh <laughs> uh, you have a podcast too right i want right. to get the name of that out yeah there.
1: that's CaliCast. cast okay and we've i was kind of stockpiling uh some interviews that i've done over the last year we just recently launched oh sweet and man. uh we talk about business stuff fighting entertainment I've, I've really been getting into uh doing the movie stuff lately i was in the rocks movie mm-hmm. just a small part uh called rampage okay and then i've got a slate of movies that i've been pushing for you know some producing some in wow um and what's TV that shows.
0: about is it just do you see is it a cool business <clears throat> thing is it something you just always been intrigued by where does that start
1: both yeah. I, i'm i'm an artist you know right. i'm a martial artist i i any real estate stuff I've done, and I have to still answer that guy's question about the real estate, mm-hmm. we, I skipped that, um, has been, they're all projects. My dad's a contractor, um, and he's, he's, he's worked on five different projects for me where I rip a place apart and rebuild it with my vision. The Dutch are hard gym. workers. Yeah, hard workers, absolutely. And, uh, and so I like creating things, and um, I've always kind of, been interested in that and I've been learning the business over the last nine years. My, my manager, Mark Shulman, he's a three arts here. Mm-hmm. Um, I started learning from him years ago by him trying to get opportunities for me. And I'm like, oh, that's how it works. Like you don't get funding unless you have a something that's worth some cash either a director or producer or somebody attached right it's all about the script and then you don't get the uh you know the the distribution you can sell international sales and fund a movie before it's even made like there's all this stuff that, that that you learn and you're like oh there's a real recipe for that mm. like when i started fighting there was no real recipe it was you know Indian reservations, sell t-shirts do this do that it had yeah. the road hadn't been paid but entertainment you can actually learn it and 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 kind of conquer it if you if you understand you know bankable stars and you mm-hmm. understand you know the distribution and not every movie is going to be a major hit but you can get a base hit off one and build a kind of a uh a, you know a, a, a repertoire of, of things until you really master things so um i've been real close on on finishing a couple of of projects mm-hmm. we you know we've worked on stuff that i'd be in and people and and scripts that i've come up with and had other people write and and that kind of stuff, but it's just a passion for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could see you in, um, what's that movie where they escape from prison a long time ago? Man of Constant Sorrow. I am a man of Constant Sorrow. <laughs> oh, brother, where art thou?
1: Oh, brother, where art thou? Clooney. That yeah. wasn't that old of a oh, movie. Oh, that's George Clooney. I thought you
0: were thinking crazy. of the Great Escape with, uh, oh, with, uh, Paul, uh, Clint Eastwood. Is Clint Eastwood a Great Escape? Or it's uh the Is guy Randy
1: Paul Randy Newman. Paul Newman. No, Paul Newman's in uh. That's another one. He he tries to escape for uh, Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, Cool and Hand. I love, that's my that favorite movie. And escape then, from Alcatraz. Al- McQueen. Like McQueen is Steve the great McQueen. escape. Yeah, those are all my guys. So like McQueen, Paul Newman, Clint Eastwood, like that's my kind of shit. That's Steve McQueen Junior.
0: is a uh, friend of mine. Oh, is he? Yeah, night. Really, really nice kid.
2: Escape from Al- Alcatraz. Alcatraz. Was, uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. yeah escape so from Alcatraz. You have a film,
0: right? Say you're financing a film, and it's like, really? um, it's four guys. It's like Shawshank Redemption, two. Right. Four guys are escaping from prison, right? And they're all former MMA fighters. Who's going to be in there? You think? Current
1: uh, guys right now that are actually acting, or just that would be fun?
0: No, it just would be fun. You think?
1: <sighs> okay. Well, Michael Bisping a a ass and he's actually a and good actor. He likes actor. to act, yeah, and, he likes he's, to act. and he's a talented guy. He's a friggin' cracker. He's that funny. Guy. He is, and, and he'd be a good guy to have in there. Um I'd like probably. Nick Diaz would be good for the wild card yes. guy he might like you know <laughs> you yeah. could pop he might off might, and get him yeah. You, you might have to mess someone up. He might be like, "Hey,
0: we're going back into the prison." And people are like, "What?
1: Yeah. the fuck? he's the quiet guy in the van who doesn't say anything, yeah. and then yeah, all of a exactly. sudden goes crazy yeah. at the end." Yeah, he'd be a good one. So we got four guys. That's that's two down. Bist why don't Spendidas. we throw why don't we throw Brock Lesnar in there? He could he could uh, oh, yeah. he could be like the alpha male guy, and yeah. then like he pop off, or he could he could make someone wear lipsticks and be his girl, yeah, <laughs> know, yeah. something like that. He could uh, be the <laughs> pimp. That'd be good. Get Brock in there, and then uh, maybe a little guy. He'd be a little guy. Um, <clears throat> Cody Garbrandt he might be a guy that, uh, that would be a good uh, a good look he's got the, the tattoos all that's over that's not him. the guy
0: with the glasses that's Colby Covington I'm thinking of right who's the guy that Kobe?
1: wears the yeah yeah he'll Is put on having...
2: sunglasses sometimes for prom oh, yeah, and stuff okay. yeah Kobe Garbrandt. Not Colby Garbrandt Colby
0: uh, yeah, I never Cody
2: Cody Garbrandt.
1: Cody
0: Garbrandt, yeah, yeah, and I don't want to be disrespectful to him yet. Yeah, yeah. J- definitely not for seeing his pictures.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, Cody's a bad dude.
0: That's awesome. I've seen some of his fights. I yeah. just the first fight I ever saw was when Diaz fought McGregor the second or third time, whatever the that's last the first one. time
1: you ever watched a fight. First
0: time I watched a fight, yeah. Holy and then now smokes. I've been going back and that's because you've things.
1: been championing it, nose to the grindstone. Yeah, that's think, like me. Somebody just I I was out here in L.A. and somebody just texted me, "Are you going to the what is it with the Dodgers in it?"
0: Oh, the World Series! The
1: World Series, and I said I didn't know there's a World Series going on. Oh, you mean the fights <laughs> out of in the? Uh, that's exactly it. I'm like, I had no idea. I really didn't. I didn't yeah. know the World Series was going on. What if there's some
0: things? You know what? As you say that, man, I think about like holidays that I sacrificed, like fun parties, yeah. um, staying in college, even like with my friends. I remember moving out to L. A. before college was even done. Uh, you know constant like people's birthday parties family members births of uh you know sibling you know nieces and nephews births just things like that that i've over the years i've sat given up because i had to stay and do comedy i had to do comedy yeah
1: Yeah. i think i mean it's important i mean here's here's the fine line Uh, you know i've i've kept some of my friends from like old old friends yeah 20 30 plus years friends but you don't always get to see them but you always have that kinship and camaraderie um, and then there's people that can come into your life that are brand new that mm-hmm. you can also build some great friendships with. Yeah. So for me, it's been like a, a, sit, walk, uh, run bike. If somebody wants to, like right now you and I are on the same level, we're sitting here and, and walking. If, if I want to continue this conversation with you and you get up and start and you start walking, I got to walk up next to you. And then if you start running and I want to continue that conversation, I got to run up inside of you and right. you get on a bike. I got to get on the bike. Um, that, that idea right there um it can't take over your world but there's some level of that and then you know hopefully you bring your friends with you right or you take the time or you get to a place where you can make time to go 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 be yeah hang out with them but be really when you're going and you're going and you're going like you got to be traveling with the wolf pack yeah you know you have to
0: yeah it's interesting man it really is like yeah and suddenly the wolf pack you just become like one of the wolves yeah and you don't even, it's, I, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. It's like one day somebody's an idol and the next day they're kind of like an amigo.
1: Right. Yeah, it's kind of a trip. You
0: know, they're always I've, a bit of an idol, but, you know, and they're yeah. always respected. But it's like, yeah, it's like crazy. Like people that even a year ago were like idols to me or like some of them are like
1: yeah, it's my kind buddy. of buddies. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, I've been that way. Roy Jones Jr. I used to carry oh, Roy yeah. Jones Jr.'s CD. Uh, he used to have his, he his CD. He was a rapper? He was a rapper, but I, no, his 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 DVD Mm -hmm. of his fights, his Mm -hmm. highlights, I would carry that around with me and I'd watch (laughs) it all the time because I'd watch it on my computer or whatever else. 'Cause I just love the way he fought and I'd become Everybody's friends at a
0: with party him. right over in the distance at a television, no. just watching Roy Jones show. No, I'd bring highlights. it to my
1: fights. I didn't mean I'd bring it with me to the club. Right. <laughs> it would just
0: get you but no, it would get you amped up. You right? get me amped up and then right. I'd
1: become friends with him. I mean, I was just oh, before cool. I came here, I was just with Mike Tyson. We we're eating Chinese food at his at his <laughs> office. You know. And uh and Wow, you know, that's crazy. I mean, I, 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 Meeting MC Hammer. MC Hammer was the guy Vanilla ice. MC Hammer's an amazing
0: oh, businessman. Yeah.
1: yeah, and he's well, he learned through hard knocks. Yes. Talk about a guy that had it all and just had to learn the hard way that, you know, <laughs> how to how to be smart.
0: He's fascinating. I sat next to him on a plane one time and we talked the whole time. Yeah. And it was really a great cool conversation.
1: Do you know what they say? All the rappers, you know, MC Hammer, Hammer time and the pants and everything. Yeah. Like he seems like the fun-loving rapper, like almost like a fresh pints kind of guy. Yeah. But they said out of everybody like hammer would throw down at a drop of a dime. Oh like fight. He was, yeah, he was like a fighter. Wow. Like you you don't cross the guy, he'd 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 throw down. Damn. Hammer time. He, yeah. <laughs> and you never yeah. know. And that's the way it is with a lot of fighters. You wouldn't know yeah. you know who who, who you should and should not mess with until it's too late sometimes.
0: Yeah, that's I get even nervous about interviewing guys in you guys' world because it's like I don't even know that much about it, you know. Like yeah. I, for me it's definitely more of a perspective, like it's it's the op. It's the it's the thing in my life. I'm always afraid to do for myself. You know. Right. So it's fascinating that people can do it. Um, <clears throat> that it's part of their just chemical makeup at some point to right. be able to do that. Um, yeah, it's a trip. It's a trip. <laughs> Let's go to a couple more questions and then we'll wrap it up, man. This has been awesome, and and uh, and thank you so much for joining us, bro. Yeah,
1: bro.
2: I, I had another one. Um, you mentioned how you're. Your trainer in that Mike Brown fight, he was like, "Get out there, even though you got a broken hand." And we just saw recently in the Khabib Connor fight, Duke Rufus, uh told Anthony Pettis not to go out for the third round because he had a broken hand. Do you think trainer should? Do you think your trainer should have? Obviously, you won, so it worked out. But you I think, didn't win. Oh, oh, you didn't win the Mike
1: Brown fight. Oh, my! I boy. didn't win the fight, but uh, but Did, I, it was one of my it more favorite. It was one of my favorite fights. Wow, looking back on because it was just. People became aware because I started throwing elbows only and I just, I I lost both hands. I dislocated my thumb on this one and I broke that one and, that's like a fight that I go back on, and people still ask me. I mean, that was like a long time ago. People were like, "Hey, how are your hands?" And I'm like, "They're fine." Wow. I had twenty something fights afterwards, but they're fine, you know. But they, that's a defining. But they fight. remember that absolutely. <clears throat> there were multiple wow.
2: questions uh, you guys touched on at first, but there were multiple questions <laughs> about that from our listeners too. But do you think they're, the you, the corner has a responsibility? Do you think they should stop it, or
1: I don't know what what's the responsibility there? It's very individual. You know, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, Duke Rufus is a good friend of mine. Anthony Pettis is a good friend of mine and Duke knows Anthony really, really well. Um, so they, they have their own communication style. Master Tong didn't speak a leak of English and I could have a whole couple hour conversation with the guy without speaking the same language wow. just by, I could understand the stuff he was saying and his yeah. points and everything. And I got some great life lessons from, from the guy. Without us speaking the same language, which is crazy because I could get what he was saying, et cetera. Um, you know, he has a good relationship with Anthony and I think you know when you have a relationship like that, they know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I know that Brian Bowles, shortly after I had my experience, he he lost his world title because he thought he broke his hand against Dominic Cruz and didn't come out to the thing and, and it's just an individual thing. I just I didn't think about it at all. I just, I was like, I wasn't telling him, "Hey, I'm done with the fight." I was letting him know, and he said, "Shut up, shut up," you know, hit me in the heart. Wow, you champion. <laughs> so, Damn. and I and I could have won that fight. I was very close in the fifth round. I had uh, a a deep choke in, and uh, I just couldn't hold on.
0: Well, yeah, once you get in that choke, it's like a rodeo on somebody. Is that is that? Does, yeah, does, does but it also sometimes to start to get. Slit?
1: Oh yeah, my hand like we no hit. we were standing. We were standing, and I had it like this, and when we hit the ground, it was like crushing my broken hand. It, does a choke start to become
0: slippery after a while when you're like when you have it on someone, or when does that become an element of a choke? Like that, some-
1: depends on the choke. Right. There's a lot. You, we should. you we should choke you out. You want to get choked out?
2: I definitely will. <laughs> <Are you> really? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Look, I don't want
1: to choke anyone out. We well, could though. Paige Van Zant. John. Yeah, yeah. Talk she- did it to me. What's that? John Cruz tucked it into oh, one No, oh, I'm not going to be second. I don't take sloppy seconds, dude. Paige fans ain't let you choke her out? <laughs> no, she choked out. She was on a military tour. Uh huh. And she choked out. She's like, okay, just tap when you're ready and put the dude out. She was with Max Holloway on a, on a tour.
0: That's awesome. I used to follow her on Instagram So until she got married. I was like, I don't Yeah, you're like,
1: like <laughs> yeah, I feel like a creep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, let's take a couple more, then we're going to get out of here. What up, Theo? This is Cody calling from Michigan. I got a question for uh, Uriah. I was just wondering what he thinks about this fucking Muppet, Logan Paul, thinking that he can fight uh, Sage Northcutt. Uh, I just want to get a little bit insight, see what see what kind of fucking joke this is. But, <laughs> thanks, man. Have a good one. That guy should be a promoter. I he feel should like, be a huh? promoter. Is that we'll Dylan Davis? <laughs> who that
1: is? We we'll have to prom- have have him out on the promotional tour yeah, that that on Sage's side, but dude, that. Ironically, and I hate to, you know, because that guy is obviously on my side that Sage would win the fight. Yeah. Um, Logan Paul was a high level wrestler. A mm. lot of people don't know that. He's also a big athletic guy. He's 185 pounds in high school. Wow. 185 pounds in high school. And then he took six in the state of Ohio, which is one of the toughest states. Yeah. Sage, on the other hand, has, has been fighting as a career. Uh, Logan's been doing the, you know, social right. media influencer thing and everything else. But the mindset, man, that is the most important thing. Sage has it. Logan has it. Logan would be a big, big disadvantage, obviously, in the stand-up and everything else. But they always want to see um, Sage go against wrestlers because he's not from a wrestling background. They think that's his weakness, etc. cetera. And Logan Paul has been boxing for fun against other social mm-hmm. media guys and everything else. But he believes in himself. And I actually know Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. And I text him after his fight. And then I text him when him and Sage started talking crap to each other, and I think it could happen. Yeah, I, I think I could I could see happen. it could happening. I don't think it'll happen in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, Sage is now a free agent, uh, but but unless Logan doesn't want to fight him, but I think he I think he believes in himself. I mean, right. he, he comes off as a guy that believes in himself. Right. He you know he told me I'm a skull crusher. Dana said he would he he'd be you know he should be put in jail if he lets Logan Paul fight in the UFC. Yeah. And I told Logan that, and Logan was like. I'm a skull crusher. Wow. They don't know what he's talking about. So he really believes himself. So he in might himself. earn it. If he believes in himself. He's only 23. Sage is 21. I was 23, 24 when I started training for fighting with just a wrestling background. Right. Just wrestling.
0: Yeah, and who are we if we knock somebody that believes in themselves? Yeah. You know?
1: So, I mean, I I know that he has a lot of haters, and I appreciate this guy honoring the fact that UFC is real, and it is real, and it's it's a very difficult thing to get to but the fact that he's got 17 million followers and he really believes in himself and he's willing to, to to put it out there that's great if if he really is willing to be put it out there because there's right. one thing to say it there's another thing to actually step in the ring with a sage north cut and say all right let's let's throw fisticuffs but um i think it could happen and
0: what do you think the odds would be like what odds would that like what you know what would vegas have? well
1: the Ve- the vegas odds would start highly in sage's favor Logan Paul would talk himself up, and he has 17 uh, million followers. And odds are are, ah, are changing perceived. all the time, depending on who's betting what money. So right. he might be the favorite at the end of it if he convince enough people he's going to win. You but, could you could be the one to promote that, and I feel like yeah, we'll, we we've been talking to him a little bit, but there you go. I mean, but you know, I have to talk about everyone in the in the picture. I I think getting Logan to actually want to fight, right? Saying you want to fight's one thing, actually doing it's another.
0: But it's all but you know what's interesting is that it's funny, like how having one I could see, I could really now I could see this. You have one career as a social media influencer, right? And you've had this, you've kind of grown up in this in this YouTube space and have millions and millions of fans. And now you want to prove yourself in a different area of your life. We would all go to a skill set we already have some. Yeah. You know, like if I didn't do stand up, maybe I would try to get into um you know, something else that I could, you know, I would probably I would pick a skill set that I have right. and work on that. So one of his obviously good skill sets is, is wrestling.
1: wrestling. And and I would say I I don't know Logan to this level, and I'm sure he's worked very hard to build his following now doing whatever he's been doing, Yeah, pissing people off a lot of times, yeah. but uh, <laughs> he's been consistent. Yeah, growing it. up and being wild. Yeah, being wild, but I guarantee you, if you ask him what what the things he's worked on hardest on his life have been, mm-hmm. it's probably most focus and dedication has probably gone towards wrestling. Wow. Just because I know the wrestling world, and I know guys like that that believe in themselves. Yeah. And I and I and I, you know, I know about a state like Ohio, which takes wrestling very very serious. Yeah. So you know, I think Sage and and uh, Logan could happen. Yeah. Wow. I'd watch it. I bet it
0: would start out at seven to one, and I bet it would maybe. Break. I would bet it could be even at some point.
1: Yeah,
2: oh, seven dude. to one. I take Logan, dude. Yeah.
0: Well, look, but I'll tell you what. <laughs> and Nick's lost a lot of money gambling. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's very comforting. I'm gonna
0: call your leader. But no, but, it's interesting. Look, it's interesting because where would you go? You've already done something to it to a height.
3: Yeah,
1: you know, and also he's the the thing about the world he's in is you have no way of defending yourself from haters, right? You either like me or I don't, and there's no, like, well, I, I mean, I think that's why Logan really enjoyed the process of having that fight, because he got to, like, defend himself, really. Because he he is just a kid growing up in a world that's really judgmental, and he's done some things that have pissed some people off. But at the end of the day, he's a human being who works really, really hard, who has some talents. Agreed. And he got to go out there, and and it didn't matter what anybody thought, he's going to go punch someone in the face. And, and it's pretty admirable. Yeah, and, and it is admirable. You know
0: what's admirable? Even if you want, whether win or lose, it's admirable.
1: Yeah. I think what, what needs to happen is that fight needs to happen with Sage and, and Logan and Logan. I, I mentioned this, you know, raising some awareness for a charity. Yeah. That'd be a cool thing. Yeah. Cause you, you know? can do it. Yeah. He's going to have yeah. so much power.
2: And we could have uh Theo and Dalia each other on the same card. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, what happened? Dalia and you
0: Logan guys got into it before. No, oh, yeah. D'Lea and Logan got into it a while. Did back. they really? Yeah, they got into uh, just like a Twitter beef or something.
2: Chris D'Elia okay. had the most favorited tweet ever slamming Chris, uh, slamming Logan Paul in his response. What do you say? I'd have to you bring it. You gotta
1: pull that out. you <laughs> you know Chris yeah, Dalia and I are friends from yeah. like 14 years ago. No. Yes. No.
0: What was Chris D'El, D'El, uh, D'Elia like 14 years ago? So... Um, <laughs> and Leah also lost the uh, Fighter in the Kids trap to me uh by one percent of votes, but this was absolutely one of the best things ever.
2: I don't know what Leah uh, said first, but logan paul said i'm I'm laughing because i now I know why your comedy career took a dive, and did Chris- it take a dive? No, it would okay. No. That, it's soaring, right? That was part. Yes. Yeah, that was part okay. of Chris D'Elia's. He was like, he started off with the wrong premise, and then Chris D'Elia responded, "At least when my career dies, you can film it and put it on YouTube." Because
0: <laughs> he had had that, that the Japanese uh, thing in the forest yeah. with the body, right? Which I thought, who cares? But yeah. but that was a great uh, clap by by Chris. It was, um, and it blew up. And it blew Did up. Because I think also people were at that moment where they were also looking to burn him. Mm-hmm. And Chris lives in his own universe where he likes to do his own. you know. Yeah. It was perfect. So Chris, Chris is too good at that kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> so yeah. But in a real fight though, Chris would be in trouble against Logan.
0: Against Logan, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, but so Chris and I go way back because there was a TV show pitched in 2004 about my block of houses where I was building my team. Mm-hmm. And D'Elia was buddies with all the guys that were doing it and they brought him along for like as a com- comical piece of the director directing thing he was part of the uh d- like the the unit mm-hmm. that was there to film us to create a sizzle reel to go sell and so i met delia back in the day That's so great and uh you know, their whole crew was just there. We had a bunch of chicks around, and they were they were trying to pick off their own chicks at the time and everything else. And it was just a bunch of guys that were young. Yeah, they were trying to do something cool. That's interesting. And it was before anybody knew him. I had met his father's father as his father a producer. Yeah, B- Bill D'elia. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bill D'elia, and it was Bill D'elia and and some of Chris's friends that were kind of going on a, a reality because they're more you know scripted based mm-hmm. and they're trying to do a different different thing. And we we ended up. Pitching a show, I didn't get taken up. I think the UFC was kind of snuffing us at the time. But but Chris and I knew each other from that time, and I've gone and, and watched his career grow. And yeah, he's so been funny. awesome, man. He's hilarious.
0: He's very funny. He, you know what? He, one thing that he has more than a lot of people is that he just has extreme confidence. You know? Yeah. And it really, I think it like comes even,
1: from having a great family. And it, you talked about not wanting to get in a fist fight. Yeah. You know, because hey, maybe your father figure was was you know missing or this or this person took off, whatever. Like that guy comes from a very stable, like healthy, Mm. awesome family. His dad and his brothers and everyone are super cool. He's he's got like a solid foundation. That's a lot of times where the confidence comes
0: from. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, man. Um, Would you let your child fight one
1: day? I'll let my kid do whatever I want. I'm not necessarily going to encourage it. Right? It's not going to like I'm going to like push them in that direction. It's a tough life. Not even. I mean, everyone who wrestles like I want my kid to wrestle because it teaches them life skills and this and that. I think. Soccer. Let's, yeah. I'll put my kid in soccer. <laughs> you good. can make a ton of money. So much money being you can make in so much money. Everyone sees your face. Yes. You know, the worst that happens usually is you do a header and hit the ball or you fake a f- <laughs> th- some of those flailing soccer players are the <laughs> oh, best it's ever. Look, so yeah. you could go anywhere in the world and play soccer and be super famous and make a ton of money. Yeah. And and it's healthy. You're running all the time. Yeah. You're in the sun, <laughs> the grass. Soccer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for a Cali boy to be indoors in a cage all the time, that's a really...
1: I try to do as much of my training outside as possible. Ah, I say the training, yeah. Yeah. Forget
0: about that. Oh, is there anything else, Nick?
1: Uh, We had one
2: from an old friend of Theo's. Okay. Hey, Theo, what's up, my
1: man? I have a question for Uriah Faber. Uriah, huge UFC fan here. Um, I wanted to know, uh, who would be the perfect opponent for you to dust off the gloves and come back and fight in the UFC? If money wasn't the issue, if it was just strictly who do you want right now in this moment, who would that fighter be for you to get off the couch and fight again? Thank
2: you, buddy. And he he sent this in a while ago. I cut it out, but he wished you luck before your uh, Sakuraba fight as well. He, oh, he knew cool. all about it.
1: That's awesome. Thank you. You know, I go back and forth. There's always the talk of a TJ fight. I mean, he's the current world champion, best mm-hmm. in the world. And I, The reason why I fought was to be the best in the world. Um you know, it has to be one of the champions, right? It would have to be one of the champions that I can make weight 35. Sounds like a lot, uh, a big fight against Connor. Connor is my buddy, but that's how you get re- really paid. Um, you know, that, that would have been cool. Uh, at this point, I've never been like a animosity type of fighter. I'm always like kind of trying to enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. So for me, it'd be whoever is, is holding the belt at the time.
0: You want the strap the strap and but but for just joy of going and be able to fight someone and not not from an animosity or even for like not even if it was a championship who's just somebody and it could be somebody that stylistically was, yeah
1: um you know i think it'd be cool to fight a uh a guy like khabib yeah yeah because khabib's that seems just scary. A, a savage beast and, and i like what he's all about he's all about pushing the pace and 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 mental toughness and conditioning and and willpower and that's that was my style always as well i i I could push and push and push and i don't mind if i get taken down i've never been ground and pounded and that kind of stuff so um i think that would be fun a fun challenge because he's proven himself to be the best
0: yeah and that's so you know it's it's amazing that just even think of like uh that part of like Fighting someone out of admiration almost. Yeah,
1: that's exactly it. And there's a lot of guys like that. That's my grappling competition. You don't know who Sakuraba is, Mm -mm. but Sakuraba and I were inducted in the Hall of Fame, the UFC Hall of Fame at the same time. Mm -hmm. And he is a legend of the sport. Like, like I I had a video, like a cassette tape of him um, that was like two hours long, him doing all sorts of crazy stuff. You know who Hoist Gracie is? Yes. Hoist Gracie is like the founder the first guy to win the, the UFC, and he was 165 pounds and he fought in a They did, and he was no soccer was known as the Gracie killer. Mm. He, he, he beat like six of them or something like that wow. and submitted a bunch of the guys. And so, he would do stuff like flying karate chops and like spin around and like try to drop his butt on someone's <laughs> head. And he would like, uh, he, he did a special no. Time limit match with it. Let Gracie wear the gi after they had taken all that away, and he basically tried to take his pants off and undress them during the thing. And so he has he this kind of wild style. almost a sounds character. like yeah, one of the
0: Marx brothers or he's something. He's hilarious as well. Yeah. Is that pretty wild to be inducted in the same time as him? Somebody like yes. that you see. Is it interesting when you because you admire somebody so much you look at them a certain way, and then. It, you can't really feel yourself right next, like a, on a tandem, can you? Right, no. it seems totally different. Doesn't yeah,
1: it? like I'm sitting there watching this guy, and he was a 185 pounder. He was fighting these heavyweight killers and like taking out legends and and having fun doing it. And then, you know, I'm stopping my career and getting acknowledged the same time he is, and yet he was one of the guys that was like, you know, pumped me up. And then we got to compete against each other, wow. so uh, we just competed in a in a in a grappling match to a draw, um, eight minute draw, but um that was a lot of fun is that
0: the weed thing that they do with matt uh no okay
1: if i if i did the weed thing i would probably be sleeping during the thing (laughs) if i were to smoke weed i would smoke a little bit of weed laugh for a couple minutes eat something fall asleep all about 10 minutes right i'm I'm not a functional guy when it comes they have an
0: underground thing where those guys that like and then they'll (laughs) get on the mat and roll like uh there's a guy felony i know that everybody always mentions it gets in it um awesome man I appreciate so much of your time man yeah and, uh, we
1: gotta get you on the CaliCast too
0: I'd love to come and do it where do you guys tape at
1: uh, we ta- tape in Sacramento yeah but uh, we'll have you come down there maybe you can check out the gym maybe make a uh, maybe Maybe you can do you ever do satellite this thing's satellite or no
0: Um, yeah we could take it yeah, yeah. we're just gonna start taking it on the road uh, doing some uh, gas like in Washington DC this okay. year Okay, so.
1: maybe we do something like that and you could get some of the other fighters in the gym I got a Sage Northcutt you could ask him about the Logan Paul he's a crack up. Is he? I mean, he is the closest thing we have to leave it to beaver in the UFC, <laughs> but he's 190 pounds ripped and can like do a backflip and kick <laughs> you in the chin. Jesus Christ, yeah. dude. If, if you ever if you ever if you ever see Sage's stuff, it's pretty incredible. He'll do like a he'll like a backflip uh-huh. and land God in the same God. spot. It's really weird.
0: <laughs> That's cool, man. What a neat camaraderie that you saw that you get it's like uh a lot of it's about the camaraderie as well. Like the fighting is great, but it seems like there's a ton of camaraderie yes. in these gyms and different
1: groups. Yes, no, it's it's pretty impressive. Well, you gotta watch, uh, Sage's nuts. So, uh, yeah, the camaraderie is important because you know at the end of the day, you're beat. You're doing something that's very difficult, and very tough. Mm-hmm. Now watch this, watch this slip. Some weird slow motion video, but he lands in oh, the wow. same spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. That's fascinating, huh? There it is. <laughs> oh <my> God, what? <laughs> and That's he's the craziest like, handshake ever. He, he can like <laughs> you talk about exuding good energy. Like yeah. he can walk into any gym and he's like, "Hey, someone he, could be trying to." You know, <laughs> talk craps or something like, hey that's a good one <laughs> like he's so funny what's man. up he, Mr. Faber yeah, hey, Mr. he calls me Mr. Faber oh, does he really? yeah he's aging me way <laughs> too fast I'm like I got kids all over the place now calling me Mr. Faber I'm like really Sage <laughs> he's got my neighbor I, I had him when he first moved to Sacramento I had him live in like two houses down with one of my my good friends mm-hmm. they had a house in the back mm-hmm. and my buddy Pete is um, just a regular dude like successful developer guy and, and kind of took Sage in and, but he's like, does not want to be called Mr. You know, Jeremiah. Right. And so he's like, Sage, would you please stop calling me Mr. <laughs> Jeremiah? And Pete's like, I mean, Sage is like, yeah, okay. No problem. Mr. Pete. <laughs> so now we got Mr. Pete t-shirts and we got, <laughs> everybody calls him Mr. Pete. Now it's pretty good. I love that
0: man. And that's <laughs> yeah. that prize cul-de-sac where you guys, you have your, your, your it's kind of a whole squad. We, huh? ha- we
1: had that before. That was, that was how the team started. Right. Um. You know, since moved on. Yeah. That was like fraternity living, basically. We had five houses right next to each other and and uh, had probably over 50 fighters throughout the years that lived in that little area. And guys like Chad Mendes and TJ Dillashaw and Lance Palmer. And the list goes on of fighters that had lived on that block. Yeah.
0: That's fascinating, yeah, man. that's pretty cool. Wow, man. Well, oh, I never gave
1: the real estate advice. Here's my real estate advice. Go. This is it. My real estate advice is this. If you're looking for an investment property... You find the worst house in the best neighborhood, and then you have to really truly understand what it takes to to, to do something on a budget. Because it, it doesn't mean anything if you're getting to buy something for too much, or if you don't know how to budget and fix something up. So do your research, become an expert before you do anything. Don't just buy a house because it sounds cool. Also, don't be afraid to finance and get into debt. Um, you know that's how that's how I make big moves is 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 not being afraid of debt and. Yeah. and You know, guys like Theo and myself, and and a lot of people I've met, you'll find a way. I found a way by buying a house when I was making $7,000 a year back before the economy crashed. And I moved in a bunch of my buddies. I started to have more success, uh, bought the house next door, bought the house next door, and and ended up creating a little. Real estate portfolio.
0: And you know, you also create, and I'll comment on that you also create a, you're also, as you're developing real estate, you're developing something inside of yourself whenever you buy something and you put your, because it's not, you, you're also putting money on the line, but you're putting your, What you think on the line. You're putting yourself on the line. You're mortgaging against yourself. And the same thing happened to me. A buddy of mine and I split a property. Uh, It was a friend that I really, really trusted financially, a good business guy. We split a property. We got in on about 15 years ago. And we still have it. I still have to do some, uh, you know, landlording stuff every now and then. Right. But but we still have it. And we'll be able to sell it now for a profit here, you know, 15 years later. Uh, but it's been, but, but, but also in the years since then, I've gotten involved in other projects because then friends start to hear, Oh, he owns something. I'm gonna ask him. And then you're part of, you just become part of different conversations. Then that's been kind of interesting.
1: Right. And then, and then there's two different ways. If you're going to flip, flip is dangerous because it's constantly a cash flow thing. If you're going to flip, then you have to really know your numbers, know the market, uh, know how long it's going to take you know, your budget, which I've messed up on plenty of times. So if you're going to flip, if you're going to buy, fix up, sell, if you're going to hold, that's a different story. There's a lot more leeway in that. You just have to make sure that the thing cash flows. That means if it's paying for itself or it's making a hundred bucks, that's good because you're playing on the long haul. Yeah. And then commercial real estate is all about the tenants that are in it. If there's a national tenant, meaning like a big box store, like a, like a Dollar Tree, it's better than a mom and pop store. Like a yogurt in, land. Yogurtland in yogurt land or something like that. So. That. Um, that's a whole other animal. So uh you just gotta be smart and educate yourself. Don't just buy a house because it sounds cool.
0: Yeah, and, and you'll start to meet friends who can do other stuff. Like I don't know anything about commercial real estate, but now I could maybe reach out to uh Uriah and ask him if I had some questions, you know. And so that's another thing you'll start to learn. It's like um and people most of the time want to share the advice that they have or suggestions. Uh and that's one thing that's um that's kind of fascinating is how much people want to give away what they learn.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And people take it they say everything, you know, all originality is borrowed, and I talk about this in my book. You know, a lot of times people will, they love talking about their knowledge. It's, it's kind mm. of like a uh, an, an honor to to say, yeah, I know something, I'd like to tell you about it. So don't be afraid to ask, and uh, don't be afraid to tell.
0: Yeah. Awesome man, sage advice, sage Northcutt, Uriah Faber. Um, I think we covered everything. Thank you so much for being here, man.
1: You got it, bro. Thanks for having me. A big fan.
0: Yeah, I'm. Mean, look, dude, I'll come up to SAC, bro. I'll be there. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there probably in the spring.
1: Okay, we'll get you working out too. And you, 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 you do uh, shows out there. Yeah. You let me know, we'll bring the whole gym out, man. Wow. All, we got a bunch of influencers on that team that would love to... We, whenever whenever we have Craig Robinson or, yeah. or Rogan or anybody that comes up, we'll always go support.
0: Dude, that's awesome, man. I want to yeah. get choked out by somebody, too. Yeah,
1: that'd be cool. We'll maybe have a girl do that to you. <laughs> oh, come
0: on, bro. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. I mean, if she's cute.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Actually,
0: even if she's not, bro. <laughs> Actually, yeah, maybe not that cute. Yeah,
1: okay. All right. Well, we got a little bit of everything. <laughs> okay. Now I'm just
2: the breeze And I feel I'm falling like these leaves I must be cornerstone Oh, but when I reach that ground I'll share this peace of mind I found I can feel it in my bones But it's gonna take a little time For me to set that parking brake and let myself on one Shine out.
1: I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great.
3: Hey, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody
0: wanker. Do I mean? Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry.
3: Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is
1: broken. Oh, <laughs> no!